Welcome to episode 11 of the Red Leaf Retrocast, the actual retrocast. We've made it to yet another episode, and God, being an adult is terrible, isn't it, Kevin? I hate it. I have no free time. I want to cry, but I only cry on the inside now. Ah. Uh, That's the difference Well, I mean, at adult. least you are still unemployed, or not unemployed, employed. You are employed. You have a job, right? I've had a job. It's just being a union electrician means you're going to be sitting for a couple weeks here and there. And I, right now, I'm missing those times because I want to play games. <laughs> it's a shame, but I'm here. Yeah. I'm alive. Well, I, was, uh, I was laid off my job last month. Yeah, how's that? Um, well, I mean, I don't want to say how's that going, but I know, you're, <laughs> I know you're on the rebound to update me on your life. It's been a while. Well, now that it's officially fall, hopefully the wor- arguably the worst summer of my life can come to an end. Yeah, but it's uh, as good as you make it. Because certain things are finally over. I went through um, a case of identity fraud. Oh, yeah. that was I remember that. Then I went through a case of bank fraud. You've had quite a while. Then ride, there actually. was bank theft. Like they stole right? your bank? So a guy in the fraud department, when dealing with the case, decided to... You know, I guess he felt left out and decided to steal all of my money. Oh, I didn't know I got, this one. I got everything back, but, you know, it took a while. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Um, then I was, in the middle of all that, I was warned I could be laid off from my job. <laughs> Jeez. And then just when I thought it was safe, and I was like, okay, well, I have vacation coming up. Two days before I went on vacation, my paid vacation, in Aruba... Uh, I get a I get a call saying, um, you know, just regular weekly meeting, no anticipation, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, HR is on the line. It's like, oh no, we have uh, decided to cut ties with you and lay you off, and there's just no more work in Canada. So, <laughs> great. Went on vacation two days later. Um, <laughs> so I was like, great. This I'm- is this won't be stressful at all. They still paid for your vacation, right? Uh, so the way it works is um, I was given a severance package and any unused vacation, I would right. get basically reimbursed for it. Or oh. imbursed for it, not reimbursed. Hmm. So it still was a paid vacation when you think about it. Yeah, it's just like a different... Man, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. So And because I'm on a work visa in Canada, uh, if you're on a work visa... You can stay in the country um, for as long as the visa is valid. Which means as long as you're working, I assume. But the way work visas generally work most of the time is you can only work for that singular company doing that specific job title that's on the visa. And if you do anything else... And if you do anything else, you have to go through the whole visa process again, and that could take anywhere from uh, six weeks to six months... Um, you know, there's a lot of legal things involved, but basically, uh, I have to leave Canada, and after much deliberation, I've decided to move to Rhode Island. Yay, you're only which a is, little while from me. Which is kind of near to Connecticut. Yeah, you know what that means. Yeah, I mean, shit, if it's once, a, if we, if we do this, uh, podcast, uh, more often now. 
I could definitely just road trip out to you one weekend for a day or two. Yeah, buddy. I don't mind that. You know, at least once a month, for we, sure. I'm sure we could make something work. Logistics, man. We can make it work. Yeah, I got no I got no issue. It would be cool. Yeah, my buddy, um, actually, his grandparents are in Block Island, which is part of Rhode Island. So, I mean, I go there. I can meet up and be like, yo, come get the drinks with us. Oh, man. Does your buddy play retro games? Uh, he's one of those, like, if I remember it from my childhood kind of things, but if he doesn't know what it is, he's like, I'm not touching that. I only know the Donkey Kongs and the Pokemon. It's like, he's one of those people that, like, Gen 1 and 2 of Pokemon, and that is it. I'm like, no, there's more. Ah, okay. Yeah, because, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of these two-person casts, it seems, when it's not gonna be a, um, a special guest. Mm-hmm. So we might need to get a, an emergency person. I have... I know people. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Well, yeah. l- let's ask around. See if we can't see if we can't get another retro gamer involved for this for this podcast. Yes, sir. You know, uh, still want you and Josh to be the main main guys, but we definitely need that. A we definitely need that other wheel. <laughs> I'm a fi- I'm a find my buddy Mikey. He knows. I got him into. It's really like satisfying. Is he, when you is get he one near of your friends. you? He yeah, ten, five minutes away. And, oh, excellent! Um, he like he used to only play like sh- straight Call of Duty and like things he liked from like his childhood, and then mm-hmm. as like as he graduated college, he started like exploring, getting more and more into retro games, and now he's probably got as big a collection as me. So it, it, it's like a nice way to get a new take on somebody who's just like just getting into it, and, like discovering things, and be like, I can't believe I didn't play this. Oh man, please convince. Please convince your buddy Mike. Oh, yeah, sure. He just has to not work. He overworks himself to death, and then he wonders why he has no free time. Oh, well. <laughs> we can I'm sure make can, it work. I'm sure he can find just, just a few hours, you know, over the course of a month or two weeks to, to play some games. Um, no, so that's that's kind of the direction we're, we're heading in with the, with the retrocast. In other news, uh, the anime cast of Red Leaf Retrocast is doing quite well. In fact, it's better than this this uh, this segment now. Damn. We just did a podcast episode over the old Mobile Suit Gundam movies. Oh, my buddy. I cover the series. I want to watch and, those. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you should listen to the podcast. <laughs> I. It's just hard because I don't anime and I'm like, I don't know these words. Uh, well, the way we do the podcast is we when we go over a show... We discuss it in great detail, and and any terms that even a person who hasn't seen the show, we mm. we define everything. So, oh, so I would know. Yeah, you would you would be able to understand. But JD, if I want to listen to that podcast, where do I go? Well, you could go to Stitcher, Smart Radio, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and many other places. Basically, any major platform. Uh, one popular one that people should probably check out is Overcast. I've even Ooh. been getting into Overcast a little bit. Hell's Overcast. Yeah, exactly. It's unknown, but we apparently a lot of people in Europe use it. Ooh. And our fan base from, yeah, our fan base from France and Spain have been picking up. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Yeah. We average about 150 downloads a day these days. Ooh. Yeah. I'm famous. I don't even know it. You know, watch yeah. my watch my videos though, guys. <laughs> yeah, your uh, YouTube channel seems to be. Um... I don't give a shit about the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, but the VidMe's doing well. I love the VidMe. The YouTube couldn't eat me. 
Mulvert. Yeah, VidMe's doing well for me, but I think the whole um, recording video games and uh, commentating with friends, that might be coming to a close. No, you just, just re- you relocate. Me. Well, I am relocating. That's that's the thing. I start I started this thing in Canada because because my it was the way my job was set up and you know had the time. Um, I of course I have the time now. I have to move across yeah, but when, a, when you across move, a country you border. Can, you can ride solo. Like there are people that do solo let's plays. I know, but that's not why I started it in the first place. No, but what wanted, you, oh, what, you'll get to know people in, in Rhode Island, and then you'll be like, I know, Yo. I know a couple. I know a couple people in Rhode Island. I know somebody in Connecticut. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> <It's a> dick. <laughs> yeah, so I got movie, I got videos in the backlog, and just throwing them up. Um, and if the time comes when I run out of videos, I run out. Look, man, I want solo let's plays from you. Your channel shall not die. Uh, well, maybe, maybe when I get everything together, Fine. No, there's a, if there's a big outreach for it, <laughs> I am, I will create a GoFundMe on something and then take all the money and run. Uh, the podcast is also found on the YouTube channel, Moose and Spiel, uh, just for reference there. Right. So we, uh, the topic that Josh picked, and if <laughs> the audience hasn't noticed yet, Josh isn't here. He has, uh, well, he gave us very short notice and can't make it. So we're, It's actually his topic, which was Mecha Video Games. I, which, which is, I'm, I was pumped when he said that. I did love it, and then I realized, just a spoiler, some of these did not age well. But, I like them. You know, so, it's a common, it's a common thought with basically the era these game, most of these mecha games came from mm-hmm. and it's definitely a product of the time we don't really see those anymore uh, we'll definitely get into more of the mecha genre before we go dive into the games um so what you've been playing lately well for the other thing i run game clubs our game of the month was army men 3d on playstation and what speaking of, it's you remember those green little plastic army men Oh, Army Men 3D. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard something completely different. <laughs> nope, it's that. And uh, it's a third-person shooter, but the controls in it aren't exactly perfect. And okay. um, you got to kind of adjust to like what the PlayStation 1 had. Um, hit detection's a little weird. It's hard, but all the levels could be beaten in five minutes. However, the flip side of that is that the levels are also stupid hard. So it's like a little, yeah, every level's like a little obstacle course. Um, Basic, like, you know, Sarge, we need to save the blue commander from the tan for, you know, generic, like, it's literally obstacle course. But at the end of the game, you have to find a supernatural portal in a cemetery, and you go through it, and then the game just ends. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's weird. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, uh, weird game. It's worth playing for five bucks if you ever see it. And uh, since I beat that, I was like, what do I want to play now? And then on my little handheld emulator thing, I started Breath of Fire. Yeah, I saw that. I'm actually quite excited for you. Have you ever played anything in the Breath of Fire series? No, but the second I saw Breath of Fire on Virtual Console, I was like, that sounds like a cool-ass RPG. I want to play that. Um, It's really good. I'm playing the Super Nintendo version. Okay. I probably Uh, should have played Game Boy Advance. I didn't get into the Breath of Fire series until... Three, 
Yeah, I heard a lot of people didn't start to like PlayStation. Yeah, so I'm I'm quite interested in your your thoughts. We'll definitely have to go back to that when you've played more. Yeah, I'm taking it back. I'm playing it mostly on work breaks because yeah, <laughs> it's what I can do. I just I don't want my little emulator to break, so I'm like hiding in a corner while everyone's eating lunch. I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> and I have to read a guide because I just want to play it. So it's I have to like do this weird grip where I'm holding the thing and then I'm like holding my phone with my palms under it to read the guide. It's a weird setup I got, but I'm making it work. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm cheating. Yeah, I was I was doing something like that with uh, with Dragon Quest those games because sometimes you're like, where the hell do I need to go? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not forgetting my handheld in games, but like, at least give me like on the overall big like, look. Go here eventually. I don't care where you go. If you want to go find secrets? Go ahead. But over here and like. A little while, all right, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, I'm. I'm very fond of like. Uh, well, we we got it. We got that in Beyond Oasis, an X on the map. Mm-hmm. Like, make your way there somehow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I need. Just be like, eventually get here. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, um, I'm still trying to. Fi- I I I've seen to only play Dragon Quest Five when I'm on like a, a long trip or something, or I'm away from home. I don't oh, so you're still play playing home. it. I'm still playing it, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I've I've put in maybe sixty hours in that game. <laughs> Jeez. You gotta be almost done. Um I think I'm like at the sixty five percent part. Oh. oh my. Yeah. I'm probably gonna try that. Or like the Super Famicom version, maybe. Yeah. Well I did have to start over because it went i went so long without playing it. Mm. And it's still just as good the second time around. Ooh, and I didn't. Shot. Yeah, that's why I'm saying like 60 hours because <laughs> so I've played it essentially twice. <laughs> you're doing the DS version, I assume, then. Uh yes. Yeah, that's expensive. absolutely. I do have the Super Nintendo version. It's just so expensive. Uh, it is now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like ah emulation. Well, speaking of that. not expensive, it's all these mech games except uh, one of them. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, yes, they are. Well, yeah, one I guess. Yeah, just one's actually expensive. Everything else, I've seen less than 15 bucks. <laughs> Which worked out for me, because I'm a cheap bastard. Real, yeah, real cheap. One, I had to, one I had to emulate. That was the only way it was going to happen. But that's not a bad thing. No, we've been look, over that. Look, man, play the games. Don't care how you do it. But before we do that, should we get into a... Get into our little little discussion about the. Uh... Oh, you're not going to ask me what I've been playing? Oh, you know, I I don't <laughs> give a shit. No, I'm kidding. what are you playing? I've totally, I've zoned. I, I I'm a jerk. Go ahead. Uh, well, I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot more modern games lately. This this podcast is over. You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> what did you? Well, like what? just launched the uh, the 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 Red Leaf uh, Gamecast. Is what we're call- what? we're officially going to call it now? Yeah, where we talk about where uh, it's me and Drew from the last episode of the Retrocast, where once a month we talk about the games that were released the previous month. Oh. So we went over all the games released in August, and I played all that I could. <laughs> Are you just and like going full podcaster now? I I mean I really enjoy doing it. I can tell. I love I love talking about something I'm very passionate about. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you know, I was looking in the Discord. I was like, these are new games. Why is why is JD talking about new games? He doesn't like new games. I love new games. I still I love all the games. <laughs> all the games. So what, yeah, what, so what, play, played all the games in August, pretty much. <laughs> From yes. Sonic Mania to uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Um, so the one I do want to ask you about since I saw your list, how did you like Hellblade? It is, it's not Game of the Year, but for me it's Game of the Year. Well, that's Game of the Year still, I mean. So, quality-wise, I know it's not going to come up to the Horizon Zero Dawn or the Breath of the Wild, but for for what I experienced in the game, it's Game of the Year. Hmm. Why so? And it's going to be hard to top that. So, at the end of the year, uh, when we do a Game of the Year cast... Mm Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking heavily about Hellblade again. I absolutely adore that game. The only thing that's turning me off about that game, and this is like my pretentious, like anti-political life, is that like people are like, oh my god, this game tackles mental disorder in such a brave, strong way. Like, no, the girl's just fucking crazy. Like, that's all. Like, they, so let's not, let's not look deep into this. I I see I see where you're uh, I see where you're coming from, and I see where they're coming from. That's I mean that's definitely. Uh, so there's two ways people have been attacking this game. They either attack it way too positively in the fact that, as you said, oh, it tackles mental disorder. They're so... They're, 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 they're breaking new grounds. Oh, my God. Applaud nah. them. It's automatically a great game. Yeah, that's like that, not, To me, those people are definitely missing the point on what makes this game so good. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the other way around, where they go, oh, they tackled mental disorder. They're just trying to, you know, cash grab on this, and the fact that, and th- and then a lot of the game they feel is a is a walking simulator. But like, I don't. Why, the thing is, everything now has to feel like people try to put a political or like some kind of social justice spin on it. And I guarantee you, the developers, the gamers, are just like, nah, girl's crazy, and her boyfriend's in hell, like. I, so I, I almost guarantee that was their thought process this whole game. So what they what they did, uh, uh, Ninja Theory was actually quite uh, scared to tackle this topic because tackling mental disorders in gaming or even in movies, mm-hmm. uh, movies it took a long time for people with mental disorders or or emotional uh, tics or anything like that. Took a long time to break that into the uh, the industry, and gaming is no exception. We're just now uh, starting to seem seem to be tackling those kind of issues. And uh, what Ninja Theory did was they wanted to do it right, you know. And and then when you tackle something like this of this kind of topic, that's why a disclaimer at the beginning of the game is is there. It's kind of to cover themselves. Uh, warn people that they made it as as hyper realistic as they could with mm-hmm. today's technology. Because um, there's, are you familiar with the disclaimer at the at the no. front? Because a lot of people either see that as uh, pre- or a lot of people see it as pretentious. Like, but the thing is, like, even without seeing it, I, it is like I don't think they went in this with like the the they had to do it because people would freak out otherwise nowadays. Like I don't think they were really trying to push push a message. No, they were trying to make a good game. Yeah. On a on a 
topic that's almost taboo. And I I really appreciated how how well they did. Um, If you want my heavy, deep thoughts into the game, definitely listen to the last, uh, the Gamecast episode. Um, I, I can't speak more, I can't speak any more highly about the game than I, than I can. Uh, I will tell you, Kevin, that they got a real, uh, psychologist involved. Oh, really? And, and his, and six of his patients that deal with psychosis. Oh. And... I even went as far as uh, when I was done playing the game, I was so enthralled. It was like, man, what did it? Because you uh, you unlock kind of a behind the scenes thing, <laughs> and um, they do things from like interviewing the psychologist and what happens, interviewing the the uh, the people that suffer from the mental disorder, and you see why uh, the girl's crazy. Right. Um. There's good reason behind it, and during the game, I was like, man, this girl's like. She, she's nuts in way too many different ways and what they did was they took like the major symptoms that all these patients suffer from and kind of molded it into one character and made a made a singular character based on based on that see i'm not i'm not saying that just like what's it, discredits anything but like maybe it's my mind where i remember playing uh what was it uh life is strange and it had a giant disclaimer sure. about like depression and like if this game makes you feel depressed or something like seek help. I'm like, again, this is me. I don't have any mental disorders that I know of, but I'm just like they're just games. Uh, like at some level, like I almost feel like we're trying to like force people to feel something. Well, speaking of Life is Strange, uh, that was also another game that got hit with a lot of. Um scrutiny because of the way they tackled the depressive teenager she wasn't even that depressive uh chloe the 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 other girl she's she uh she was your angsty self-destructing teenager she wasn't i mean she self. she just sounds like like this is just me but this sounds like just any other um What's it called? She just looks like any other teenager. See, to you and me, yes. But there are people that that really relate to that game and that franchise now because now there's two of them. <laughs> and okay. I've I seen mean, mixed reviews of that game. I I played a little bit of it and I just couldn't it, it, it was it's not the 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 sequel's not the same game. It's not in the same sense. Wasn't was, I wasn't impressed, but the pe- there are people out there that just went, holy crap, this is a 10 out of 10 game, just because it tackles issues that they can relate to. I mean... Which is fine. If it's a 10 out of 10 for you, man, I wish I felt that way, because that would mean I like more things. I guess. I don't know, I you, just, don't, you don't want to like more things? Liking wa- things makes your life better. <laughs> I want to li- I want to like more things, but I-, I just feel like we're in this like weird social justice area where like, Everything's got to have a message. Everything has to have a deep backstory. Like if Kratos, like if God of War was released today, it'd be like, this game tackles deep anger management issues. If you suffer from anger management, please see a counselor. Like, no, Kratos is just a fucking angry guy who wants to rip people's heads off. Like that's I'm sure it. there's someone who's going to take the new God of War game 
yeah <laughs> and see and see it as a uh, as a message of father-son relationship if you have daddy issues <laughs> please see a counselor if your dad is an angry uh, demigod who's murdered countless people like you just let's just try to play a game you know uh, so hell hellblade senua's sacrifice is 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 made very well and uh there were some people harping that the game is isn't long i was like i got seven eight hours of that game and it's thirty dollars i have nothing to complain about <laughs> yeah no that seems like a just fine amount of length for what they were pricing. i'm surprised they put it out so cheap honestly i am as well i thought seven eight hours was a full game to me <laughs> works for me you know i i don't i don't like basing how much a game is worth just on how how long it would take to beat because you can beat sonic the hedgehog in like four hours that was a 60 dollars game when it came out <laughs> no dude you could beat that in one hour or was it 40 i don't remember i don't know but i i like sonic advance like i played that recently too forgot to mention that i beat that game in about actually yeah an hour oh, i was wow. like i was like because well i mean you're, they want you to play with all four characters but like the levels don't change so i was like well i'm not getting anything new out of this and like wow someone paid money for this back in the day you know well sonic fans like playing with the other characters i mean they do discover new parts of the levels and sonic mania does something like that with knuckles and tails (laughs) and that gives twenty dollars though that is true and that's i'm i I I, man if they had a a physical copy of sonic mania i think that would Oh, that just collector's edition 30. didn't have one, that's right. Hmm? I thought the collector's edition had a physical copy, but it didn't. No, no, because that's what you get a collector's edition for, not the game. <laughs> Look, man, they don't need to make sense. Ugh. So many of those are just coming with, with these knickknacks that you don't... You, you probably won't want even in a couple of years. You just want the game. I kind of want think, that. Mega I think Drive the Shadow part. of Mordor Collector's Edition is only coming with a digital version of the game. <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm for digital games to a point, but if I'm giving you this much money, I want something, you know. I'm so I'm so against Collector's Editions doing that. Well, now it's like or, spe- or special editions at all. Yeah, just but not now they're having just a physical edition of the game. That's so dumb. I mean, it's <laughs> better than getting like here's an art book. Uh, okay, bye. Like no, does anyone like art books? Like I'll, a lot of people like, like art books. I like art books. Yeah, but do you look at them more than once often? Um, for some games I do. Mm. Life is strange. I didn't. Life is strange. <laughs> I, I, was I looked the, at once. Yeah, that game was okay, and that was it. Just okay. I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it was fine. It was just like I wouldn't have played it if I didn't have Tina sitting there with me playing it. I would have gotten bored by myself. Uh, yeah, it was definitely more fun to play with a friend, but most, most games are. (laughs) I can't argue. I'm actually watching you play Jack 3, and I, I, uh, never got into that myself. But I'm like, man, if I had someone sitting here with me through this, it'd be way more fun. Yeah, unfortunately, we only got, like, nine videos of it. I don't care. I want to see more. Put all nine up. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, it is significantly better than Jack 2. Yeah, Jack 2 heard got real weird. We, well, we, uh... in the uh, the Facebook group we're part of, there was a big topic of a guy not li- liking Jack 2. And I made the comment, I don't see the problem. It's a, it's a, ba- it's a bad game in the Jack series if you compare it to the other, three, other two. 
Yeah, well, like, Jack 1 is, like, the outlier, which is a weird thing. Like, it started off as, like, a nice, cutesy 3D platform, but then it was just, like, great and anger, for no reason. Yeah, well, Jack 2 had that, like, Grand Theft Auto thing coming on, because it came out around the same time, and then Jack 3 tried to hybrid the two. Yeah. Uh, I still like the first one the most, and it's not even close. I like most things about the first one. I didn't record it a whole series, by the way, people. Uh, go watch it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, I so mean, I like the Jack series in general, but the the first one is just so much better. That's true. But I'm also I'm also a big platformer guy. I do love me some platforming. I'm bad at 3D ones. And Crash Bandicoot, apparently. <laughs> Playing that before. I found the new one so much easier. I think I was just bad at games. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I don't think any of them are easier. But you know what else is not easy? Transitioning to the, the direct. Oh yeah, so figured that. I mean, I'll probably cover it on the the modern one, the modern game cast as well. Uh, but the the Nintendo Direct um, was quite recent, just uh, about a week ago, correct? The about 13th? eleven days. September thirteenth. Oh, going on two weeks ago. Cool. <laughs> We're timely. Yes. So. Nintendo had, you know, just like PlayStation's doing the Tokyo, uh, well, no, the Tokyo Game Show was also recent. Oh, yeah, well, there's nothing that great that came out of that, though, to be fair. It was like stuff. Are you kidding me? I mean, it was like. We're going to go into the Tokyo Game Show after the Direct. Oh, boy. We'll speed through them both. We got things to do. So, Kevin, go over the Direct as I pull up Tokyo Game Show stuff. Uh, Well, the Direct. Let's see. We got... Where should I start? I'm going to read it down how GameSpot has it listed. Uh, We have a special Pokemon-themed new 2DS XL launches in November, in case you need another DS with your 14 others. Uh, New 3DS version of Minecraft. Uh, Mario Party, the top 100, is... I guess what that was is like they're taking the best mini games from Mario Party and putting them all in one thing. The only thing I don't know about that because I didn't see the direct is like is it actually a Mario Party game or is it just like a mini game competition? Do you know? Yeah, they weren't they weren't really clear on that. Because the best part of Mario Party is the mini games, and Mario Party's been ruined for me because I learned that all the dice rolls are predetermined. Okay. So maybe I'll play that. Uh, let's see. New 2DS XL. I don't care. Colors. Nintendo Switch World Open Xenoblade Chronicles 2 gets a release date. See, I want to play that because Chronicles X was dumb. Uh, it was very much a... It wasn't even in the same like vein of the first one. It was more mecha-based and had this big anime theme going on with yeah. shallow characters, shallow... <laughs> Shallow story. The environment was cool. Yeah, but it was like it just 20 takes hours. so long. It takes so long to get into, though. Yeah, like twenty hours to get into your mech. Like the second my buddy told me, I was like, I'm out. I don't want to play this. Uh, let's see. Fire Emblem Warriors adds fan favorite character. Yeah, whatever. Uh, new Kirby game announced for the 3DS. Why though? Yeah, like, that was all, that also seemed pretty weird. Yeah, they need a. I mean, unless they're actually going to keep the 3DS as the. Uh, I was going to say third pillar, but never mind. Um, Switch adding Nintendo arcade game ports, but not virtual console, because I don't understand how hard it can be to to switch over your 30-year-old games that are like a couple megabytes and 
just redistribute them. I just I, I can't grasp that concept. Like just do it. Let's oh, see. Man. Uh, Breath of the Wild DLC. Skyrim for Switch. Okay, that. I hope it's good. Bethesda it. for Switch in general. That yeah, was, I mean that that's, was awesome. <laughs> so you know, let's just skip all the other things right now because that's what we really want to want to go over. I got words about those shooters. Okay. Number, number one, Wolfenstein Two. Good move. I have no complaints about that. I hope it runs well on Switch, and I wish it the best of luck. Uh, Doom. I saw that being played on a Switch. And I'm, okay. I, I've always stood by 30 frames per second, whether it be video or games. That's fine for me. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. But, man, that game does not look good running on Switch to me. It looks fine in handheld, but, like, upscale, like, the frame rate for Doom... Like, it just kind of looks slow, and do we want to always be running around moving? And I beat that game on, on a PS4. Like, there's so many things you have to shoot at and, like, punch and get, and what was that? I don't know. Someone's mad at you for calling, for saying Doom isn't going to be good on the Switch. Oh, jeez, that scared the shit out of me. What was that? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Doom looks okay. I can't imagine just playing a shooter on that standard Joy-Con setup with the sticks directly under the buttons like that, or directly above. Like, your thumb needs to curve in an arc. So Pro Controller, it'll probably be fine. But I'm very scared that they're going to price Doom at, like, $60 again. And I don't think that's going to be a good idea. Well, they definitely will. Yeah, but, like, it's old now. Like, it should come out at, like, 40 you know, I it's gonna sell, so I don't see why they wouldn't sell it at sixty. That's my that's my looking looking at it. I mean, well, Rayman Legends came out for the Switch this past month. But you're paying that edition, Nintendo and tax, and that's at forty dollars. What there is it is that? again? What is that? Yeah, what is that? I don't know. You know what? Hold up. I think I have an idea. I think it's some alarm going off. Give me a <laughs> I, think, I think I know. Hold well, up. as he goes and as he goes and does that. Uh, I'm quite excited for Wolfenstein 2 to come out on the Switch. Um, I want to play that. I want to play it so bad. I wasn't really too into it when it was announced. I was like, okay, it looks cool for a lot of people. Uh, But as soon as it got announced for the Switch, I'm now all of a sudden interested. Right, okay. But here's the thing that I'm not getting. Why is everyone going, because it's on Switch, I want to play it? Like, when the Wii U was getting third-party ports, nobody was like, well, it's on Wii U, so I'm going to play it. Like, I don't understand why everyone's like, well, it's on this system, so now I, I want it, and I didn't care about it before. Is it the portability thing? Uh, the portability thing is a, is a, uh, is a nice bonus. I, I've, I've found myself playing a lot of my Switch games just kind of hanging out in bed before, before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when you have that option, it's very appealing. Um I, I just like everything that the Switch offers, and it's just another game for it. Uh, it's I have just a like, lot of games for my PS4 already, and it's getting to that time where I'm getting kind of picky about them. This is just my way of thinking, obviously. No, it's, yeah, I mean, everyone's um, entitled to their it, 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 In the end, yeah, it's another game for Switch. I want more Switch games, and that's great. I'm actually thinking about getting Rayman Legends the Definitive Edition as well, just because it's a Switch game, and I don't already have it. I mean, it's... 
I'm totally fine with people liking. I want the Switch to have games. Don't get me wrong, but like a thing like Skyrim, that's one of those games. Where I'm like, I don't see why everyone is flipping their shit over it because there's better versions of it on like PS4, Xbox, and PC. Like, we're, you're only getting vanilla Skyrim from what I've heard. Like, it's not the the definitive edition. Like, I don't think it's coming with anything extra. It's just like because it exists, and that game's about to be six years old. And there, it, that's one of they price at sixty. I think is bullshit. You can get that game for three dollars. Uh, I think that's just another case of if you can sell it that high and and actually, you know, people buy it. I don't see why you wouldn't. That's real stupid for people to that's, just buy it because well, it's on the Switch. Like, don't accept that price. The game is old. Like, don't just people people, people want just that. Accept that. So. In terms of Skyrim, people want that portability, and they see it as a as an excuse to replay the game again. I just don't think people it, will actually people play it. Love that game. I don't think they'll actually play it portably though. Like Skyrim is not a game I'd want to take with me. I want to sit and I want to be invested in that thing. Like I don't want to be able to. I can put it on for ten minutes while I wait for my coffee to be ready. Like no, like yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't see that happening. Like I I like the idea of a portable system that I put into a TV, but. I don't see a giant, massive RPG like Skyrim being the game I'd want to take with me on the go. Like, I'm taking Breath of Fire on the go, and I'm like, I need a guide. Where is it? Like, like Yeah, that I, way you actually feel like you're making progress in the 10, yeah. 15 minutes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, uh, well, I, I go, going it, back go to Wolfen, Wolfenstein 2, um, and Doom, as a matter of fact, I was on the PNG podcast back in, oh, I want to say it was... January, February of this of this year, 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were talking about all their high hopes and hoping, you know, Bethesda and all these companies, you know, Call of Duty comes out. And I go, look, it's Nintendo. This is my this is what, what I was thinking. I go, it's Nintendo. The odds of us getting it, I think, are very low until the Switch is proven to be selling quite well. Then they might think about it, and then maybe, maybe, eventually. I thought it would take maybe two years before we'd get a game as ma- as mature as the Doom and the Wolfenstein 2. So when that was announced at the Direct, I'm like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Nintendo's making mature games again? <laughs> Not I to mean, say that I they haven't they already, but... I don't know, it, just, it, it, it seemed like something that was highly unlikely to me. See, the big question everyone's asking, at least on podcasts I've heard recently, is, is Grand Theft Auto V coming to Switch? I'm like, look, I know Nintendo's trying to be like, we, we're going to put mature games. So I feel like they're going to be like, no, this is our line. We can't do this, guys. I don't like, know. Is Rockstar even going to bother? I don't know. They're doing L.A. Noir, and it, that is going to be a... How do I want to describe this? <sighs> L.A. Noir, see, there's the... Overrated mess? It is, but you know, that that is a game where it's $10 more expensive because they have to put on that Switch cartridge. Yeah. So I guarantee you that people $15 are going to be, more in Canada. <laughs> all right, it costs more. So people are going to go, well, why would I get it on Switch? Because I can take it with me. Like, uh, if I really want to play that game again, I'll buy it on like PS4. And the digital copy costs the same, so... That's kind of shitty that it's like $10 more expensive because of the cartridge, but it's still $10 more digitally. It's I won't just... be getting L.A. Noir. I'm not, I'm not interested in... Yeah, no, that game was overhyped as fuck. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you can't... I don't think you can even get it on the 360 or the Xbox Live or Microsoft Store or whatever it is on Xbox. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Team Bondi went down. Yeah, so I guess it's, I you know, it's good for the longevity of the game and its lifespan. Um, if people buy it, go for it. I don't care. I'm going to play Psychic Detective on the 3DO that I got. <laughs> game's real bad. Psychic Detective? It looks real bad. It's so awesome. <laughs> you don't want to solve a mis- murder mystery with me, Kevin? <laughs> nah, though. <laughs> it's an interactive movie you can play and solve the mystery. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> game's real bad. Oh. Oh, it. come on. What else was in that direct that carries? Well, the- you 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 quickly glossed over uh, a bunch of games there. Uh, I want to yeah, go back we- to Z- Xenoblade Two, Chronicles Two. Yeah, I hope does that gonna have Shulk in it? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. it seems just it, so. When when I first saw that trailer, and this was on our one of our first episodes when we went over the direct in January. The I, I was very scared of the game being very bland. Uh, the story being bland, characters being bland, having the main character as a self-insert character, mm-hmm. where, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's most RPGs, but for something, you know, what made Xenoblade stand out was Shulk was your character. I kind of like And you felt like Shulk, so. or you felt like you were on a journey with him. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that better than having the name this character thing. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was, I'm quite, I, I'm still a bit hesitant on Xenoblade Two, the Chronicles Two. Uh, the battle system looks quite good. I'm quite interested in that. It looks like they're back to making the world uh, more interactive and interesting. It looks like they 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 did reveal a bit of the story, and it looks a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. So a lot of my fears uh, are being retracted. I guess, mm-hmm. or lessened. The question I is, s- I still have my doubts, though. I I hope it's good. I don't want Xenoblade to be a series that had one good game and then that's it. That's like such uh, a yeah. it's a bad fate for any game to go down. Like, um, like Devil May Cry. Everyone says like the first game's a good one, and then like two and three were in, and four was garbage. I'm like that's kind of depressing when like people say I'm going to correct you on that. I, I'm going by what I've heard. I don't know. The first game's good. The second game is avoid the like the plague. Third one's fine. It's just hard. Yeah, I like the third one. It's really hard. It's much harder I, than the first one. <laughs> better example, Fable. I've heard people say I love the Fable series, and they're like, yeah, two and three are trash. I'm like, so you like Fable then? Not <laughs> not not Fable the series. Right. They're like, no, the anniversary was good, too. I'm like, okay, so Fable. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that just the first one remade? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Did you like Fable for Connect? No? All right, so Fable. Uh, well, I like Fable and Fable the Anniversary. Yeah, and I like Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider Anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I got that on Wii. I want to play that version. I want to know how, how that works out. But Be yeah. interesting. Yeah, it probably sucks. I found it in, like, the clothing section of a Goodwill. Oh, boy. Well, they uh, they definitely showed us a lot more of Mario Odyssey, and they revealed a... Mario, Mario has Odyssey. nipples. 
He has <laughs> he has nipples, JD. It's confirmed. He's an Italian without without body hair, so he clearly waxes and shaves. Well, I mean, he, isn't he? He's of Japanese descent that moved to Italy, so maybe there's something. Uh, I don't know. This could I think be... you're re- I think you're reaching there. Can I, this is canonical? I've looked it up. Really? No, I don't have that time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think so. Like, <laughs> what, you got to show me some facts on that one. <laughs> the, look, <laughs> show I'm me sure your ga- sources. <laughs> I'm sure Game Theory has a 20 minute padded video about how Mario is actually Japanese, right? Probably. Uh, well, they also uh, revealed a bundle of Odyssey with the Switch, which I thought is a great move. I mean, that's going to print money. <laughs> I got I got words about that now. Actually, now that you brought that up, I saw in Cheap Ass Gamer, it was. Okay. It was, I think it was $380 for a Switch bundle, right? So $300 for the Switch, correct? Uh, in the United States, yes. All right, I'm going by U.S. prices, right? $60 for the game. I'm like, where the fuck is this other $20? It's the case that comes with it. Yeah, that is not a $20 case. That is something made in a Chinese-ass factory like by some four-year-olds. And they put it together, I'm like, this? So, the bundle is literally just all the price of the stuff. Like, isn't this supposed to be, like, a bargain? You, like, save ten bucks buying it all? But, like, nah, it's just the price well, of everything. Well, I mean, it, okay, so, yes, it's it's all the same, but you get the, you get the uh, solid red Joy-Cons that are specifically Mario Red. And they then you get like the, the and then you ones. get the, and then you get the Mario Odyssey uh, Switch case. They look exactly like Splatoon Red, though. Or the neon red, I mean, whatever it was. They came with the switches when it came out. No, the the, the switch um, Splatoon ones is a uh, kind of more of a pink. No, it's the, the red and blue ones that came when the switch came out. Oh no no no! The Mario one's a, a deeper red. Oh. Yeah, it's a deeper red. Exclusive. Hmm. So wow. I, you know, of course they're probably going to end up selling these all separately for maybe five dollars more. I imagine. Mm-hmm. So that's where that idea of the, bu- of the of the bundle comes in. You get to save like ten or fifteen dollars. <laughs> that's that's what I am imagining here. Their uh, their thought process. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. Like that. That's one of those Nintendo sales. It's like eh, five bucks off. Anybody? Come on. God. And then a lot of the wedding themed amiibos that are coming out with uh, Bowser, oh. Peach, and Mario. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot those exist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I already have a Mario Bowser and Peach Amiibo. I don't need to get another one. Mm. I don't want another one. <laughs> WWE 2K18 is on its way for Switch. Blech. There's a lot of Switch games coming out. There are, and they're, I don't care about sports games, but they're important for a system to sell. That's inarguable. True fact. Uh, Snipper Clips Plus, don't care. Uh, MP, so that we could talk, I don't want to talk about the storage thing for the Switch. Blech. What Tired about the storage thing? You know, people are like, oh, you need to buy a memory card. I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah, you need to buy an SD card. Like, I see both ends of the argument. It's like, uh, don't well, buy you your games. If it's an issue, don't buy your games digitally. <laughs> well, no, even physically, NBA 2K18, you need a memory card. Oh, really? Now, yeah, you have to. So it has to. It there's stuff on the cartridge, but when it gets put in, it needs to download more data for reasons. Uh... So, you so just like all the even... other, just like all the other platforms. Okay. Yeah, but the the, the issue being, you know, it, it's only thirty two gigs out of the box, and everyone's argument is, 
well, I've had to put a hard drive on my PS4 and Xbox. I'm like, yeah, but the day you buy a PS4, you have a decent amount of space to get going. Like, yeah, you're going to run out. But, like, this is like, nope, you need one no matter what. And, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on that topic. People are just going to complain to complain. Yeah, and it's not like the SD cards are, are all that expensive these days. No. You but know, when, it, when, the, when the Vita came out, you could only buy those are Vita stupid. memory cards. You still only when, can buy them. That's it. Well, they're hard to find now. They're hard to find. There is a guy on uh, eBay who's making SD card adapters. But like they're literally just like circuit boards stick out of the the memory card slot. I'm like this Ooh, is definitely yuck. gonna break. <laughs> yeah, especially since it's on the bottom. Oops, uh, <laughs> that's gonna go real well. Uh, uh, but re- okay, um, I remember when SD cards first came out, and they were two hundred dollars for you know eight gigs. <laughs> you know, you can get. I think it was. God, what was it? A hundred gigs for forty bucks or something on Amazon. Oh boy. I could be overestimating, but the point the point is the SD cards are cheap. Now they're stupid cheap, but the thing that's sketchy is that uh Nintendo and SanDisk have a partnership now. Okay. So I'm not saying there's some conspiracy of like we should make the games bigger and sell more memory cards, but you know, that's just me. I'm throwing it out there. Uh that's probably just to to just to get SanDisk SD cards. Yeah. To specifically have Nintendo Switch on them. Uh, I'm going to confirm when it and comes to the Mario... And they'll charge like an extra whatever amount of money because it has Nintendo Switch on it. The Mario Party Top 100 that we were talking about, It. Uh-huh. I'm watching the Switch video. It looks like it's literally just a minigame collection. Um, so that exists, I guess, if you don't want to play the board game part. Is it coming out on the Switch? No, it's only coming out to 3DS. Okay, because you just said Switch something. Oh, sorry. Well, the Switch Direct. Switch I, Direct. I, I well, keep it's a Nintendo Switch Direct that co- covers yeah. the 3DS. The 3DS is is being phased out. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it is, but it's like weird that Nintendo has like so many things still in the oven for it. But like, why not port these to Switch? Hmm. I don't know. Here's another thing that I wish Nintendo would get, games, yeah. get their head out of their ass and do. Is... I understand that you have to put the Switch in the dock, right? Okay. Okay, to put it on TV. And they should have done this with Wii U, too, because this would have sold 20,000 million more units. That's a number. Uh, the thing, if you have a screen up there and a screen down there, just put a DS adapter and, like, play DS games that way. I know you can't do it with the Switch because you have to put it in the dock, but if there's, like, like, if you got a USB-C extension cable or something... I know, I, this is all tinfoil, but like a, a DS adapter, like the Game Boy Player and the, and the Super Game Boy before it, people would just love to do that, and I don't see how they haven't done it yet. You know what I mean? Uh, from what I've seen, you have to, in order to do that, you have to heavily mod the 3DS itself, and no, then I, the I, 3D function... Gets no, just, really, really odd when it pl- when it gets on a bigger screen. No, play it in two D. Like you know, they have some cutbacks. You know, I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but like, if I wanted to, like when X and Y came out, I was like, man, if only they had some, some, uh, like three DS adapter for the Wii U, mm. where the the tablet was the touchscreen and the top screen was my TV. Like, oh, it, it's uh, leaving money on the table to me. 
What do I know? Well, I mean, the Switch is here now, so... <laughs> I don't know. I hope they can figure that out. Um, I was kind of I was, I was sad not that we didn't get any uh, Pokemon on the Switch news, but I guess they're saving that for another day. Nah, Ultra Sun and Moon, though. That's stupid. Yeah, okay, it's like, sure. I mean, I don't know. Like, I get Black and White 2 was like a sequel to Black and White. Sure. But kind of the same, but like this is literally like game of the year edition of of Sun and Moon, and I there's adding so much stuff to it that I feel like I got real ripped off getting it originally. It's like the same game, but here's a lot more Pokemon. Because I feel like there were like not that many new ones. This is a new concept by Nintendo. What do you mean? Like they've done this for quite some time with their yeah. Pokemon games. Yeah, I know. It's just like like, I get when they had the third version, but the third version was, like, a hybrid between the two, so you could find Pokemon that wasn't in one and the other. But, like, it seems like, hey, uh, if you bought Sun and Moon, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so negative on Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, it depends. No, like, but it's, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I, 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 see where, I see where you're coming from on a lot of these issues. I, I want... personally don't have a problem with them. No. I want that Mario Odyssey. That looks good. Oh god, I played I played a demo of it at Fan Expo, which was earlier in September here in Toronto. How was and, that? Oh god, it's it's so fun. <laughs> oh, really? Like that is the one. So is it? Um, is like New Dock City, which is a real weird name. Uh, is that like a the hub world of the game, or is that just a world in the game? I think it's just a world, because my buddy played that one, and I played the uh, the Sand World. Okay. And that... he said what he experienced kind of like a fetch quest mi- mission kind of area. Mm-hmm. That's what New Donk City is. And then in the Sand World, I was just screwing around, going about the world like in Mario sixty four. And Mario it, Sunshine is very everything much like those. I'm, everything I'm seeing makes it seem like the city is like an overworld. So I don't know. We'll, we'll I see. I don't. Wrong. I don't know very much about that part of it. All I know is that the motion controls were a lot of fun to use in the game. Surprisingly enough, it was very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Flick of the wrist, flicks the hat, you know, Looks that cool. kind of that kind of motion. Oh god, it was actually so fun to do. I was like, ah, it's just I real weird my wrist to see he... Mario interacting with like humans. Yeah, I was I was playing with a lot with the motion controls during my demo. Playing the uh, the girl that was next to me is like, wow, you're actually having fun with that because no one does it. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is actually made well. It's quick reacted too. And it and it wasn't you know complicated motions. It was just flick the flick the Joy-Con a little bit, and he throws the hat just just like that. Um, uh, that Mario one of Mario's moves is a somersault. He mm-hmm. just rolls like a little ball. Right. Lo- that is my favorite thing in the game <laughs> game that I experienced. <laughs> so I was looking at him flick the hat and use that as like a platform to jump across things. And that is real cool. I don't know why. It's like a simple mechanic, but I really like the idea of that for some reason. There's a, there's a lot to already love about Odyssey, and it might... Yeah, it might... like That's the only game I can think of on the horizon that could possibly overtake for Game of the Year. Yeah, unless PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds gets a uh, full release, and then it's like everyone's like, nope, this is it. <laughs> Because that game has been nonstop talked about since. Don't even that get came me out. started on that overrated piece of trash game. Or early access. It's a freaking beta game that will never get out of beta. Oh no! They already no. make money on it. 
No, there's going to be a console release, and they have to finish it for that. No, they don't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot. Now that, apparently now, like, early access games are a thing that, like, like, Fortnite, you can buy on PS4, like, at retail, but it's not done. Of that's, course not. That's real fucking dumb. I'm like, well, then why would I buy? I don't think anyone should pay any money for an early access game. I think if you do that, you're stupid. I'm sorry. Like, you're you're giving money to a promise that maybe I'll finish this game. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's real dumb. I think early access means you should play for free till it's done. That, well, PUBG cool. is actually um, uh, looking to... I think it's... I don't know if they're going to sue, but they're definitely pursuing action against the guys from Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, um, probably will, but... You know, if your game's not done and they put it out first, technically, you know, can you can you really sue them? I don't know. I mean, it's it's a battle royal royal game. I mean, come on. I don't know. People are weird. I don't, I, I want I want to play that game real bad, but I don't PC game, so that's just me. You don't need to play. It's just like H one H one Z one. Also, haven't played that. So okay. All right. I think that's everything about the... Uh, well, there was uh, Octopath Traveler. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I didn't talk about that. That game looks fucking cool. I played I played the shit out of the demo that was on that came out on the Switch. That looks so pretty. Like, I love the artwork of that game where it's like you're this little Super Nintendo, like, sprite character that's walking around like this dioramas. Diorama. Did you like Bravely Default? I have not played Bravely Default, and I really, really want to. It's from the same people. It's the same design and world world mode. It's got the uh, the little chibi sprites on yep. on the overworld map. the uh, The story is very intriguing. It's how it's called Project Octopath because eight there's characters. eight people, eight characters, and they it's all about them traveling and taking each take their own path and somehow all come together. I really, really like the look of this. <sighs> Did you know Bravely was... Default's a Final Fantasy game, technically, though? Uh, no. They just dropped the name because people were really upset about 13. <laughs> so they were like, we don't want this to be called Final Fantasy. So, uh, uh, I wonder if this will technically be a Final Fantasy game. Well, Bravely Default was an experiment to see if RPGs in that sense could still sell. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. And they do. So they made a sequel, and now they're making this... And, man, I, I have no, I have, it's, you know, obviously it's still in development, and there was still some kinks to work out. Like, I had to grind three, four levels before beating the boss in the demo, uh, so I didn't really care for that. Mm-hmm. Um, other, than, other than that, it's the only, that's my only complaint. The demo goes far beyond what, uh what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be do the thing, get some story, fight the boss, it's over. It goes, so what happens is you beat the boss, and it goes, the demo's over, try the other person now, because there's two characters to demo. But it doesn't end. You can actually continue playing and going off in the world. It just cuts you off at certain sections of the world. So you can still do, like, a couple more dungeons. So you're probably going to play this to no end when it comes out then, I assume? Absolutely. This this game is on my on my I'm buying day one kind of list. This is the I I need a switch. 
<laughs> like, I just, I need to say it. I know I shit on Nintendo a lot. Well, this is why demos are so needed. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you put a demo out like this, I'm like, okay, now I can play some of the game and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to waste 60 to $90 on a game. <laughs> just for something I didn't like. So I'm going to be, I think this might be like, I think this between Octopath Traveler and Mario, this is when I get a Switch. This is the move. That's a lot of time. And then you can get Zelda somewhere down the line. I already have Zelda on Wii U. I'm not buying that again. Trade it in, get it on, get it no, on Switch. No, <laughs> absolutely not. It's a Wii U game that got ported to Switch, not the other way around. I say it's a Switch game ported to the Wii U, honestly. Well, they started working on it in like 2010. Or not 10, Yeah, and then they... Yeah, well... 11, 12, whatever. Okay. Fucking, I don't care. <laughs> uh, is that is that everything over, over the Direct? Uh, yeah, I don't got anything else about it other than I want to Switch. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm glad two things came out and you finally made the decision. <laughs> well, I gotta afford one first, but well, you know, start. You know, just save now, and when the time comes, you can go get one. Because when Odyssey comes out, you won't be able to find one for months. You are wrong. I guarantee that. Actually, yeah, especially since it's coming coming out around the uh, shortly before Christmas. But then I can get a SNES Mini. La la la. Okay, enough of that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so the uh, Tokyo Game Show happened, and this is mostly just focused on Sony. There was a shit ton of mobile games, but I don't want to talk about those. <laughs> mobile games are lame. Uh, Tokyo Game Show is becoming like mobile gaming central because Japan's That's just old... obsessed with mobile gaming. Well, yeah, you can bring it anywhere with you, but what they don't yeah. realize is mobile games are trash. So, so I just want to quickly just run down the list a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, just stop me if anything sounds interesting. We'll just make a quick comment over each one. How about that? All right, deal. Okay, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite from Capcom. Definitely a game coming out. It certainly is. Another fighter uh, looks solid, but it's from Capcom, so it'll probably have a lot of uh, garbage when it comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till like it's patched and updated and balanced. Monster Hunter World. I was excited. Was revealed to have a January release date. Yeah, I was excited till I learned that was an MMO. Nah, I don't care. Uh, well, that's what most Monster Hunter games are. They are MMOs. No, it no, does seem it does. Well, okay, not the PSP ones, but on, no, the uh, the the 3DS ones aren't MMOs. What you talking about? Well, no, on consoles. Yeah, the Wii U that wasn't an MMO. Or yeah, the PS2. Wasn't it? No, you could play it by oh. yourself. Oh. Was it confirmed it is an MMO online only game? I mean, that's what my buddy told me, and after that's that, not I kind of... I was gathering. I was gathering it, it. It has a single player story mode that you can bring other people into the same story with you. Yeah, that's fine. Like, that's just multiplayer. I'm t- cool with that, but if it's an MMO like I've been hearing, I'm like, oh, that sucks. I don't want that. Well, now I'm a little bit worried, because if it is an MMO, then I don't want it anymore, because the game looks amazing. Yeah, it does look really good, though. But as soon as you put MMO in front of it, that just means that once uh, once the PS4 is over, so is the game. Yep. That's why, like, my buddy's trying to get me to play Destiny. I'm like, I don't really want to, though. Uh, you know what? We can talk a bit about Destiny uh, after this. Yeah, um, we, let's get through the game show. Yeah, let's get through the game show, though. Uh, Dynasty Warrior 9 from Koei yeah. Tecmo. It definitely, it's another Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> it's another Dynasty Warriors. 
Uh, Dissidia, Final Fantasy NT from Square Enix. See, I don't know enough about Dissidia. I know it's a Final Fantasy, like, Smash Brothers clone, right? Yeah. Or is it just, yeah, like, kinda. a general fighting game? It's it's a little bit more to it than that. Um, it's not very popular in the West. Uh, I, I only have one for the PSP, and that was good enough for me. <laughs> I heard that was, like, is it a reboot of it, or is it a new game? Uh, I think it's a reboot yeah. of that PSP game that I have. So I, I don't really have much interest in it. Lame. Um, I don't know what this is. I didn't remember seeing this at the uh, uh, the Tokyo Game Show video I watched over the Sony conference. Itadaki Street, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy 30th Anniversary from Square Enix. I think that's just a combination of the first Dragon Quest and first Final Fantasy game. That's a weird combination. I think so. Don't take my word for that. Uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 from Sega. So they're rebooting the second, or uh, remaking the second one now. <laughs> Do you remember when you couldn't find uh, Yakuza games anywhere and they were super rare and underground and now there's like too many of them? Now there's <laughs> now there's Yakuza everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that, it's kind of going through Fire Emblem Syndrome. Yeah. That's okay. It's good. More Yakuza. I mean, People not... love them. They're, they're, they're stupid fun. That's for sure. I just don't want, like, Sega to go, nobody's buying them anymore. People must hate Yakuza. It's like, no, we just can't keep up with them. Sega, stop it. Oh, boy. Uh, Detroit Become Human and Knack 2, they just put more video out for it. Whatever. Yup. Uh, Detroit Become Human looks interesting. Knack 2's not. Uh, it looks better it than the first one. It has co-op. It doesn't save the game. <laughs> just looks like the first one. Yeah. I played a demo of it. It was bad. Nah, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Gran Turismo Sport. Yep. And in VR. Uh. Give me it now. I know you're like the f- one of four people super excited about VR. Oh my god! Give me. Well, I I want a new GT game. GT Six was bad. Was it? I wasn't a big fan of it at all. Oh, why was it? It just bad? felt like it. It just felt like five again. Oh. All right then. Yeah, but GT Sport looks looks rock solid, and with the VR option, it's another game for my VR. I am super hyped, and I hope I only puke a little bit. <laughs> yeah, then you can have, like, four games for VR. Oh, I think I have, like, six. Six Maybe. or seven. Twas a joke. Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty World War II, they dubbed it in Japanese <laughs> for the audience. Oh, they that's... didn't seem too interested in it other than, you know, with the prospect of esports, so... Yeah, they don't care about uh, shooters, over there. especially not World War Two. They're probably like, can we not, though? Because that was yeah. a bad time for us. Another Earth Defense Force game. This is the fifth one. Um, yeah. Are you interested in it? I played one Earth Defense Force game. It was pretty cool. Oh. The Vita one. Oh. I like it. Oh, well, they're coming out with a new one, and it looks it looks pretty good. I, like, you go into it expecting, like, a B-movie turned into a really Oh, absolutely. Corny, yeah. Don't expect anything like... It's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Don't expect, like, super quality. Just know what you're getting into. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is one I was, I was... I'm heavily paying attention to now. It's called Code Vein by Bandai Namco. I don't know anything about that. So this is, like, an anime-style game with Dark Souls gameplay. Out... You're out. You don't like it. You don't like. Well, you don't I, like, I like Dark, Dark Souls, Souls, right? Yeah, I don't like Dark Souls. So, 
if you're a fan of Dark Souls and you like anime, this game might be for you <laughs> immediately. Uh, and there's no... You can't change the difficulty in the game. Uh, apparently that got a lot of press because there because some of the one of the guys at Bandai Namco came out and said uh, games are meant to be played in the way we make them. <laughs> That's savage. Yeah, he was like, "Why should I? What? Why should we make a you know lower, or higher difficulty levels when just play the game like this and get better at it?" <laughs> get good, essentially. The president said. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was a pretty funny comment. It's loosely translated, but yeah. Uh, Code Vein, um, post-apocalyptic world. You got you got your you got all kinds of weapons. Uh, it look of look up a video of this game. There's about 20 minutes of gameplay that was revealed in total. Uh, I think even Polygon went over quite a bit of it. Uh, the environments still look a little bland of mm-hmm. what to interact with in it. Um, it reminded me a lot of, oh, fuck, what was the Vita game? I can't remember the Vita game off the top of my head. It reminds me a lot of, a lot of that in that sense. Oh, God. There's so many games. You're going to remember. I don't have a lot of Vita games physically, so I can't look at my shelf and help you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bear with me. Freedom Wars. Freedom Wars. Thank you. Wow. How'd you... I, that's you get that out? One, the one of the four physical Vita games I own. <laughs> yes, Freedom Wars. It looks it looks exactly like in the same vein of Freedom Wars, but now with instead of that, what Freedom Wars gameplay is with uh, nice. Monster Hunter shipping you to environments. This is one big one big world with the difficulty of Dark Souls, and even you know from aggro uh, aggravating enemies uh, to activating certain items. It's all in that same sense. Uh, I'm quite interested in Code Vein. Code Vein going forward. I hope they put more into the environment to make it more in- in- interesting. You know, just like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, the the atmosphere is there just because the environment's so detailed. If they do more of that in Code Vein, then it'll just make it that much better. Uh, another Sword Art Online game. Don't care. A drum session game. How do don't they care. keep making Sword Art Online games? Does anyone play those? People play them. The thing is, is the name is deceiving because they all sound like they're going to be like online only games, but they're not. It's the name <laughs> of the anime, so like people are probably yeah. like, eh, "I don't care." Yep. Uh, more gameplay videos of Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Z for mm. uh, for everyone else. <laughs> mm, yes, I want that. Yeah, it's looking better and better each time. Oh, solid 2D fighting. Bandai oh. Namco's really hitting, hitting it so well with the fighting games lately. They're, I think Bandai Namco's taking over Capcom and Konami. I don't. Well, Konami's dead. Ko- Konami's basically killed itself. They're going back to pachinko machines only. Hey, come <laughs> on! Metal Gear Survive is coming out though. Um, I'm pretty sure you just made that up. <laughs> No, Metal Gear Survive is a thing. You don't know about that? No, you made it up. It's I don't not know, real. I don't know if you're you're fucking with me or not, but Kevin, it's not real. Just go with me on it. Kojima's not real. He's just your dad in the suit. Kojima's real. He's Are not you... involved with this fake game you're mentioning. No, it's 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 I don't know how to tell you this, but Metal Gear Survive is happening. Anyway, 
Anyways, Dragon Ball Fighter Z looks absolute solid. People are going. The fighting community is very excited for this game, and I can totally see why. Uh, and then more, more, more stuff on Nino Kuni too. Looks great. It should have been called Nino Tuni. Nino Tuni. <laughs> yep. I don't think that would work in anything other than English, and it's a freaking Japanese title. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. These are things I want. Uh, and some, you know, they went over more VR games, and nothing really stood out there. Uh, Skyrim VR, that I no. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, the they, fishing game from Final Fantasy. <laughs> did you hear how they ruined Skyrim VR? What'd they do? Um, instead of like walking like a normal person. It does, okay. like, a Sierra game, like, teleport to things you click on in the background. Okay. Because they couldn't get the frame rate right, so you have to, like, do this weird, awkward teleport when you want to go somewhere. Huh. So I don't know how that's going to work when you're in the overworld. Strange. Yeah. I think it's only when you're using, like, uh, VR controller. It's not, like, a DualShock or anything. Sounds weird. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, they did announce Zone of Enders remake coming to PS4 with PSVR support, and apparently people were puking their guts out playing the Zone of Enders VR that version. That doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> sounds terrible. Oh man! Just because you uh, and then could Final Fantasy is being Final Fantasy Nine is being released for the PS4 in Japan, so not even confirmed for the West yet. No, it's a, it's out. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it's also uh, $20, so you can yeah. buy Final Fantasy IX on PS3 for $5, or you can uh, Or just buy... get on the Vita. <laughs> yeah, same, same port. Um, yeah, same thing. And then this version is like the Steam version, but it has like the mobile version's menus, and it looks real ugly. I'm not a I fan. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> like it either. Oh, boy. Uh, so what's your most hyped game coming out of this? Monster World provided... Including, it's not including Nintendo Direct. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm unsure about Monster Hunter World until I know what it is, so probably Mario. Mario. Or Mario. That's, Mario. that's a safe bet. Yep. I'm playing it safe. That's the story of my life. Uh, I, I, think, I think I'm most hyped about Code Vein currently. Oh, if I'm I, sorry. You know, not... What? Proj- the Octopath Traveler. Octopath. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it hyped you up enough to finally convince you to get a Switch with Mario. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't want to pay for him, but I'm gonna have to. The uh, yeah, the Code Vein. Um, I've been hyped about GT Sport and Mario for months and months and months. So I, I won't even say those. That's I, I feel those are obvious if you've uh, you're a listener to the podcast. Um, you're kind of hyped. I'm kind of, yeah, a little bit, but Code Vein was definitely the surprise, and I can't wait. I hope that game turns out exactly how I hope hope it will. It's probably going to be good. It looks good. Yeah. So let's, um, let's transition into our main retro topic, Mecha Games. Woo! What says you? I says they're real good, they're cheap to find, but man, do they, uh... They're not age well. Uh, that is up to you to decide. <laughs> I did decide. You did you not just hear me? I decided. Yeah. So a lot of a little bit of history of the of the mecha genre in general. Um, it really it really 
started with the whole uh, late 70s, 80s uh, fandom in Japan with a lot of anime, uh, with with ro- robotics being so heavily involved, uh, the whole concept of a person in a suit or in a super su- or a um, a robot that can essentially fight like a human, what what they dub a super robot. Uh, it all started in Japan during this age, and in the mid to late 80s, it was finally brought over to the West in 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 terms of uh, the Robotech franchise. Sure, there was some things before it, like Mazinger Z, Z. Transformers. Uh, Transformers is Go- is one major uh, thing that got people hyped on just, just robots in general. GoBots. Um, <laughs> Go, yeah, GoBots. And it, just, it, and it just kind of escalated from there till about... Uh, to mid to late 90s and that's when a lot more anime started making it making it over to the west in your Gundam Wings, your G Gundam, your Evangelion uh, things things along those lines uh, Gal Gygar a lot just a ton of anime basically and that's where the mech genre really comes from in a lot of these games and you'll see that most of these games we played on the list uh, we tried to branch out from just just from picking Japanese uh, developers, right? To kind it, of give well, they are perspective. They, they all love. I don't know what it is with Japan and giant robots. They just I mean, have. I, a, I'm a I'm a big fan of them. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with liking giant robots, but Japan like seems to put them in everything they can. It's just something that just became popular over there. I mean, there's big, there's a big giant statue of Gundams over there, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> they they actually pulled down the old one that has been there since I think like the mid '80s. That's and part of history. It. How the fuck dare you? Well, they're replacing it with a uh, a Gundam from Gundam Unicorn, and it's supposed to be like modern technology, just be all crazy, lit up everything, you know, just just be more modern. You know, make it look even more like an actual robot that you could possibly fight in. <laughs> I guarantee some American tourist is going to go over there, climb that thing, and try to get in it. Um, is that a dare? I'm not saying <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, I'd probably be, like, kicked out of the country. <laughs> you got to get it kicked out of another country? Come on. I'm not getting kicked out, I'm just being forced to move. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's different. I gotta make life decisions, man. Look, you've been gone too long. Trump might not let you back in. Uh, no, I'm an American <laughs> citizen. <laughs> but the, but he's like, I don't know. I don't know. He was in Canada too long. Wall. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of the the mech genre focuses around the the part of you as a person are piloting this giant robot and it has a slew of weapons and abilities. Now, whether it can uh, be in space or on the ground, that's up to, you know, the atmosphere they've set in the the game or anime itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's just straight fighting. <laughs> a lot of it seems to be a mech thrown into a normal environment. How do I describe yes. this? Yeah, like, kind of like, like in, uh, our re- in, in our world. Yeah, like, it, it, it's almost... Like, a lot of these games have a theme of, like, this is a normal world with, like, normal war, but one guy made a mech. So, I, I or, just... Or, you know, or the mechs became uh, the new military might 
Yeah. And that's what happened. That was the that that's the next step in military uh, uh, ability. Um, or if uh, you know, just to reference another anime in the, in terms of pat labor, where uh, a lot of construction machines were made into mechs, and then people started abusing them as weapons. Mm-hmm. And so there there's police forces then that are assigned their own mechs to combat just oh. for the, those kind of instances. So uh, there there's such a slew in this genre of what came and what what happened to come over in video games is quite interesting. We see it with the Xenoblade series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zone of Enders. The v- very anime take on mechs. Yeah, there's there's even a uh, Gundam versus game that's coming out, I think, next week for the PS4. You want a real good mech game? Dynasty Warriors Gundam. Yes, that's actually quite quite fun. Um, Trying to I'm find not a, a big copy. fan of that kind of game anymore. But because I'm such a big Gundam fan that it was just kind of like, I was kind of nerdgasm over it. <laughs> yeah, but there's like, the, the, the Warriors games are more fun when they have some random theme to them than like just being like Chinese warfare. And like Dyn- <laughs> Dynasty Warriors Gundam is real, real good. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I have the third game myself. I keep Dynasty trying to 3. find them. They're just like so expensive. Uh, Well, now they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got mine for ten bucks. <laughs> I saw it. and I should have bought it at ten. For, at ten, made a bad call. So, that's a little bit of history to kind of mold and into, you know, where a lot of this inspiration started and came from. And uh, the first game we're gonna go over is we're getting Josh's picks out of the way first because he's not here and he can't defend himself on his games he chose. The way adults handle things. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gotta yeah. attack the person where they can't defend themselves. Exactly. So the first game... Uh, how about I do the first one, you do the second one? How about that? Uh, I'm into it. Okay, and then we can each do our own. Deal. So Josh's first pick is called Future Cop LAPD, developed by EA Redwood Shores, published by Electronic Arts, came out on the PlayStation in 1998. and is a third-person shooting mech game. I'm sure that mech game you didn't see uh, see coming. <laughs> no, no, no. Surprise. So, surprisingly enough, this game was actually pretty fun. I'd never heard of it before the podcast. It, I mean, I've seen it in, like, retro stores, but every time I looked at it on the shelf, I was like, eh, it looks like it didn't age well. It, so, like, I kind of leave on, it alone. Yeah. On first impression, it looks very unappealing, especially from something as simple as the box art. <laughs> yeah, the box art's kind of ugly. Yeah, it's this poorly designed mech on... It, it, it just looks like a body on legs that has a bunch of... And it's, I believe the box art had just a simple like Gatling gun on the front. So not, not too much original design there. And I, uh, when, we, when we go over another game uh, later, it was one of your picks, Kevin. We'll go over yeah. that. How... how uh, how to how to truly design a mech? <laughs> Over design it. Yeah, that's how. Oh boy. So, I have I have a lot to like about this game, but there there there's a few things that really irritated me, and the thing that irritated me the most was definitely the no checkpoint system in the game. Yeah, we're gonna, well, gonna make it stupid hard. That's how old games are. 
So there's eight missions in the game. It doesn't seem like a lot, but the missions are quite long and tedious. Uh, it plays a lot like Smash TV. And if you are, for those that aren't familiar with Smash TV, it's a very famous twin stick game, uh, arcade game, in which it's kind of got, got this overworld view, overhead view of the of the board, and enemies swarm around you know, your main, your main player there, and then you just shoot in all directions. And that's exactly how Future Cop LAPD kind of plays, but now you're just in a mech. Argument so far? I, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you because I have a habit of doing that. The thing that, when you said Smash TV, and I like you bringing that up, is that if this game had, like, a zoomed-out camera and it was a little more overhead like Smash TV, I think this would have been a better game. Because at least I would get like an arcade feel out of it. Like I, I don't think this setup kind of worked for what they were going for. Yeah, it wasn't totally overhead. It had this uh, pseudo angle to it. Yeah, but the but like the the world would rotate around you, so like those Smash TV controls can't really work, you know. Well, yeah, Smash TV was a fixed camera. Yeah, this now, was yeah if because this of the did time frame came out. Yeah, but they were like three D. Everything's got to be three D. I think this sure. would have worked well as, like, if they, like, not a reboot, but, like, if they did, like, an indie spinoff of a game like this, I think it would have been better. Hmm. It's just, like, I don't know. It was okay. I didn't hate it. I had a lot of fun with it. There was there was a large weapon selection and so much shit to blow up in the world. Yeah, it's just, it's too long and hard, Ao. It was just, those missions were took forever. I think I got to, like, two, and I was like, I can't do it anymore. Uh, I, I got about halfway, and yeah. I just kept dying on mission four. Um, if I had more time, I'd play it. But <laughs> this, the 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 story mode the story mode was wasn't anything too complicated. Uh, you know, the LAPD has uh, mechs now, so hooray! <laughs> Rodney King, Rodney King's punt. Uh, so the the story go goes: there's a bunch of uh, rogue lunatics uh, arming. Uh, their own mechs with weapons, and uh, oh man, what did, what did I write down here? Uh, it also reminds me of like graphically twisted metal. Oh uh, yeah, a bit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't argue that too much. That's for sure. They should have this character in twisted metal. I figured it out. Uh, there is a co-op feature in the game. There is. Yeah. Ooh. And you get. You get a unique life bar to both of you, I think. No, no, no. No, if you play co-op, you both are uh, going off the same health bar. And if either of you is destroyed, you both lose. So it's got that kind of Battletoads situation thing going on. So make it even harder. (laughs) You saying that just made me think of... I've been searching forever, actually, for a game me and my brother rented that did that from blockbuster and because i didn't play this co-op i couldn't think of that but now that you said that this is all coming back to me we tried to get through this game you may have played this in your past (laughs) i think i think this is the same game and i like because i remember it was like really hard but like i was younger than him so i kept dying like crazy and he kept getting really fucking angry at this game and it was my fault because i was like two or four yeah whatever how old was i 96 four how cool there you go. Found a game of your past and you had no idea. Oh, this game made me angry. Yeah. 
I didn't finish the story, though. It's just these rogue guys with their weapons and they're trying to, like, fuck up a supercomputer. <laughs> I mean, That's it. It doesn't need any more than that. So every mission's basically the same. Uh, kill all the shit that isn't you. <laughs> it's, a good, it's an okay game. Like, it needs to spike down the difficulty just a, a wee bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't It didn't get terrible ratings. It got, like, a, mostly 7 and 8s out of 10. Um, uh, but it then. didn't sell well at all. Really? No. Oh, I wonder what, what price of it is going for now. Uh, I saw it going for as little as $5. But it didn't sell well? And it didn't sell well. That just means Ooh. there's even more copies out there. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... That's never been played. I'm getting on on price charting fifteen dollars, so eh, it's okay. Yeah, it's uh, not bad. the the uh, The vehicle moves fast enough, but the controls are very stiff. I did not care for them at all. Uh, it 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 almost. I'm not gonna say they were delayed, but it it felt delayed. <laughs> What? So when you when you what what when you're firing a missile or anything that isn't the Gatling gun, mm-hmm. it it always felt like. I don't know if this was on purpose, but it felt like the uh, like let's say the missile cartridge was being loaded into it and then it would fire. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh... you'd be you'd be reacting super fast to being swarmed. You fire the missile and. You know, you could be destroyed. I found myself getting destroyed much quicker than I could react and hit the missile. Hit the missile button. It's just, well, it's like you're piloting in a mech. It's slow. It's cumbersome. I don't think that's an excuse. I mean, it's a freaking video game. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also early 3D video games. The 3D has nothing to do with terrible controls. No, but it just means everything's going to be real clunky. It's a sign. (laughs) Mm No. No. There are plenty of 3D, 3D games out there with good controls. <laughs> Not this one. This one, I, I don't know if they did it on purpose to have stiff controls just because you're piloting a mech. That's what I'm saying. Like, they just I, wanted you to feel like a mech. I think that's dumb. I didn't I didn't like it. Especially for a game that played that played as quick as it wants you to in, in, this, uh, in Future Cop. Oh, I didn't say it was a good excuse. I was just saying I'm getting in the mind of the developer. <laughs> Uh, so, so it, it was it was an okay game. I had a lot more fun with it than I thought I was gonna, than than I thought I was gonna have. So what six out of ten? Um, I'd say for an, a mech game, it was it was average. It was fine. I'll give a six. Yeah, I mean it was fun. Swear. Couldn't beat it. It was too fucking hard. But <laughs> yeah, if there was a checkpoint, I would have be I probably would have played it to completion. If I had more time. I would put more into this than just to say I did it. Like that, ar- like army men. Like at least those levels were real short for how stupid hard it was. No, well, Th- this would make me cry. Well, I, I th- that's all I got to say over Future Cop. How about yeah? Where are we it's going a, on the next one, Kevin? It's me. So then we got uh, our next topic game thing: Tech Romancer Dreamcast. That is right, right. Mm-hmm. List. It was his. This game's cool. <laughs> this game's real fucking cool. When it come out, who made it? Uh, dude, I. Ugh, you do so much research that I don't <laughs> do. 
Come on, man. I'm trying. Hold on. I know it's... All right, real- I'll, I'll save you a, time. Yeah, came out in came 2000, in- and it's a Capcom game. Yeah, it looks like a Capcom game. It certainly is. Yeah, the you know what? The art style actually reminds me a lot of Power Stone, so I probably should have guessed that. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's very Power Stone-esque in but it's a, Well, it's Power Stone-esque aesthetically, but unlike Power Stone, it's a pretty sweet one-on-one fighter. Oh, I like Power Stone. I know, I love Power Stone. I'm just saying, unlike Power Stone, this is like a one-on-one oh, fighter. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's not a, it, like a Battle uh, Royale fighter. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. Game's, this game's real fucking good. I love the, uh... <laughs> what's the guy in the white headband's name with the red neck? I can't remember. I was him the whole time, because he reminded me of, like, Ryu from Street Fighter. And this I, game, was, I played every single character for at least 15 minutes of pop. <laughs> this guy was good, right? I mean, they're all good. They, but, they were all fun in, in, in stupid ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I probably had the most fun with uh, the Evangelion type because he could do like karate moves but actually uh that character remind even though the mech reminded me of evangelion the fighting style and the character involved reminded me of uh jack jaguar from godzilla movies that's a random yeah you're not you're not wrong (laughs) though it's just this is like the game where if you ever see in a movie where you see people playing at an arcade and there's like unnecessary lights and crazy flashing, this is the game they're playing. <laughs> this is why there are seizure warnings when you start games now. Yeah, this is this is definitely part of that that this era. Game, this game is Japanese as fuck. So if you're a fan of anime and mech, this, this is, is a, like a must buy. <laughs> yeah, I love this game. Yeah, it's. It's a sweet TV fighter. So it's the pseudo... It's it, it has 3D movement with a low camera in kind of this 2D environment in that reminded me a lot of Virtua Fighter. Uh, so when you put all that together, clash it with mech and anime, you get so many characters and designs from like Gundam, the Macross series, Mazinger Z, Z, I'm going to keep... Saying both. I always say Lord <laughs> Zed when I talk about Power Rangers. Oh, man. Uh, you actually level up your mechs as you fight, which I thought was really cool. Right. And uh, in the one-on-one battle, you de- actually don't gain your health back. So it's the same sense as, say, uh, King of Fighters. I do like that mechanic. And Skullgirls. So, oh, Skullgirls is good. I won't get yeah. on a tangent, though. So you don't... So... Say you win the first battle, mm-hmm. and you took half half your health of damage in that battle. Right. You're still at that same amount of health going into the second battle. Survival mode. That's yeah. It. It's like Street Fighter survival. I just like the um, the scaling when you're fighting in, like, what's that? I don't know if the stage is that name. It kind of looks like Paris when you're in a giant city. It's like all these little like low texture buildings that look like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I was like, they, uh, they they clearly focused on the mech designs and the fighting, and then have a bunch of low texture around and low low res environments. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of threw me off a little bit, but at the same time, it was so corny. I was like, this is fine. I like this. Yeah, and you can actually destroy the buildings to get uh, various power ups and health health packs during the battle. So it it kind of encourages you to also cause mayhem. Destroy our low res buildings. 
I, I don't know. I uh, like fun, fun fact, the, uh, the studio that was behind uh, the anime Macross, if you're familiar with that, what? Super oh, Dimensional yeah. Fortress Macross. I know of Macross. Yeah, so the studio is called Studio New, or New A. What is with Japanese studio? From Software, Studio New? Like... So Studio New actually worked on all the major designs in this game. So it makes sense why there was a bunch of Macross references in the game. A lot of Macross characters. Uh, every every mech, uh, its pilot, had either a, uh, a personality reminiscent from whatever anime that they were referencing. And I was able to pick up maybe about half of them. All of them? Mm, no, maybe about half. I'm surprised you didn't know all of them with all your... Yeah, I, well, I mean, I haven't seen everything. <laughs> you watch a lot of anime. I do, I do. So this this game was right up for me. It's yeah. <laughs> so good for me. Yeah, I, I even played a bit of the story mode. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's more or less the same story for each character, but it branches off at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, I did appreciate how... The story mode, you uh, you were always fighting a different mech, as opposed to, you know, what you would experience in the versus mode. So you'd always fight against the villain mechs. In the versus mode, you're always the hero mechs. So there's a split, there's a splitting war and faction in this, and it's like they tried to make a story for a fighting game, but honestly, do you need a story with this game? I mean, you don't need one. I mean, no, I, I basically played just the versus mode the whole time and tried out all the characters and mechs. Yeah. Uh, but the story mode wasn't that bad because even if you're so immersed in the verses, it kind of gives you a reason to go into that story mode just to fight other crazy looking mechs that they designed. That I mean, shit, the first, I think it was the first, uh, the very first enemy looks like a giant angel from Evangelion. <laughs> I really hated that sand, like, what do what, what I call him? Like a, a rock formation guy who's driven by the the green Egyptian dude. <laughs> that thing was annoying to fight. But it, but it was real cool uppercutting him and shooting bullets into his stomach and then throwing him like I'm in WWE. Oh, yeah. this. You know what? That's actually a pretty pretty good analysis. It felt like a wrestling game, but you were yeah. robots. <laughs> they should make professional robot wrestling. Uh, they made a movie about it. <laughs> what? What movie? Uh, Hugh Jackman was in it, I believe. This is ready, ready to rumble or something. That that's just a game. No, wasn't there a, a like a one where you it was a boxing robot movie? Huh. I don't know what this, that is, but I want to find it now. Boxing robot movie. I forget the name. Let me uh, get that for you. Real Steel. That's what it was called. That oh wait, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, Real Steel, and Hugh Jackman was in it. <laughs> It seems like such a random role for him to take, but honestly, I don't feel like he gives a shit. I don't know, I, that movie was pretty hyped, and I was pretty hyped for this game. I was having fun the entire time. It was It's so good. I think if you're a fan of fighting games and have any anime fandom at all, this game is for you. <laughs> I do recommend it. The only problem is it's a little expensive. Yeah, yeah it's like $100. Uh, it's, just, it's just a little expensive. Yeah, and but, I don't think this game was has been remade other than on the Dreamcast. 
Uh, yeah, but it's really fucking good. And I this is like one of those like yeah. expensive games that like, just just do it. Just get All it. Alright, yeah. So if you have a Dreamcast <laughs> <laughs> it's a must have for the Dreamcast. Uh, except it's just a really expensive. Oh god. It's a really good must have, but I can't afford it. Uh okay. So the next two are your picks. Yeah. 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 Here's where the the age shows. Okay. It is. Oh wait, which one was first? Yeah, Armored Core was first on the list, right? Sure was. Yeah, that game was not aging well. <laughs> I. Uh, it's Armored Core for the PlayStation One, I believe. Let me guess without looking it up and doing your research. Okay. This is From Software. Yeah, and what yeah. has From Software done? Dark Souls. Bloodborne, lots King, of very Kingsfield. successful games. Here's the fucking thing about this, though. The controls suck dick. I, uh, we'll definitely I, get into the controls. You want to know... No, hold on. You want to know what sucks even you more? You want to do it now? That? You want to do controls now? Oh, I'm doing the controls now, because I played it on the Vita. Why'd you play it on the... Oh, okay. Because I had to bring <laughs> it to work. That's why. And yeah, you're, you're missing two key buttons there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You want to know what the back touchpad is on the Vita, the L two and R two? You want to yeah, know how? You, <laughs> you want to know how often they work when you got a case on it? Not, not well. Oh man, why didn't you remap them? Because I, it like there's remapping on the Vita, but only to like a point. And then if I remapped it, something else had to go on the touchpad, and nothing else was a better choice. Uh, so the right analog stick isn't used. So first uh, of all, well. The right analog stick can be used, but I stupidly left it on as the face buttons. So I was like, that'll help. Like, I could just quick hit buttons. It doesn't make it any better. Nothing I did to play this on Vita made it playable. Uh, you were poor You were poor choicing your uh, yeah. your button mapping there. So Armored Core is a another mech combat game. Um, I have more experience with 2, which was like, do a mission, get money, and build a robot, and then get better stuff. Same concept in this game. Yeah, same concept. Um, so it, there's like, as far as I can tell, there's a pattern with all the Armored Core of them being kind of the same game over and over. But they're all really hard, especially with bad controls. So my my experience with this was like, try to get through the first mission and get money to upgrade my robot. But if you died, you lost some money. And then I couldn't upgrade my robot. <laughs> Was there just, was there there was a high difficulty curve in the game for sure, and, and then it was just a cycle of sadness because I couldn't get my robot to be good. <laughs> well, even... so you probably skipped over a lot of the mission dialogue. I did, but that's because I was sad and I couldn't get my robot to be better. So the mission dialogue. Uh, okay, so I have my notes and research on the game naturally because that's what I do. Right. Uh, the, the, the missions are fairly simple from, uh, destroying a building to protect a building to, uh, there's an escort mission in there. Uh, and what happens before each of these missions is there's a big dialogue box that comes up. Right. Because the game came out in 1997, so voices were not a thing quite yet. (laughs) True. And the mission dialogue box kind of, it gives you a lot of hints saying that this one has a lot of enemies. Uh, there's a new mech that we haven't seen before. Uh, it looks quite powerful. You know, they'll, they'll give you hints um, along those lines. So 
what you what you got to do is take those hints and then customize so there's a big customization option in the armored core series and then the first one here what you do is you customize with weaponry and uh, mobility and mobility comes with armor so the more mobile you are the less armor and defense you would have on your armored core mm-hmm uh, the the more the less mobile you make it, the more armor it is. So you can have something from uh, a mech that can run around the map super fast, and you have like two big Gatling guns on on the top on each side, or you could have essentially a massive tank. But then you'd be vulnerable to attack, right? So right. you kind of gotta you kind of gotta make uh, your best choice on the mission dialogue that you were given to whether you want it to be mobile or less mobile. I generally kind of stayed in the middle on most of the missions. Although it was fun to be the be the uh, the tank every now and again where you're moving quite slow and just to blow an enemy away in like one hit. <laughs> the pro- the problem is that like I with those controls I wanted to be fast and like move around and be able to like fight back as as much as I was getting my ass kicked, but I, I like I couldn't find the balance. I don't know if you found like a good balance of like a mech to like be the best. Uh, it took a, it took a little practice because if you're gonna do a mission with a lot of enemies, what you need to do is be a little bit more on the mobile side so you can move around the map faster and avoid fire. Uh, then you would also need to equip certain weapons. Uh, that has enough ammo to combat a lot of those enemies. Yeah, because if you run out of ammo, you're in a bad place. Yeah, if you run out of ammo, you you you, you die. It's essentially you're dead because then you can't fight back anymore. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. It uh, does, but like for video game reasons, I hate it. Like, so I, there's so, no pickups. So uh, to 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 uh, to elaborate on the controls, uh, what Kevin's talking about is R1 and L1 aren't to strafe on the PlayStation controller, and X is to boost. However, L2 and R2 are to move the re- the aiming reticle up and down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so him playing on the Vita with the touch controls isn't going to work out so well. No, no. And the reason why it wasn't made with the right analog stick is because of the time. The It was still kind of in that transition between the second analog controller button or option. So we experienced something very similar when we played Medal of Honor. Oh yeah, we which did, is, huh? was in a podcast episode. I totally forgot that that had the same issue. Yeah, it was very similar. Uh, I did find the game uh, took some learning as compared to when I played when we played Medal of Honor, because you're forced to move around the map so much faster than say being a person with a gun. <laughs> Because you're flying around with a jetpack. Yeah, right. You're flying around with this crazy boost system and having to try to pinpoint enemies with missile missiles or or, uh, or grenades or, you know, whatever. There was a, a massive slew of options uh, to choose from for weapons. Uh, I do want to go into some of the missions. <laughs> like? So, indoor maps suck ass in this game. Yeah, because you can't move, and if you, once you start getting on a flow, you end up hitting a wall, and it kind of gets you nowhere. There's no way you can really dodge anything, and this is where this was one of the levels where I chose a, just a massive tank, essentially. 
Bad. But there was one part where I got stuck, like, in the Austin Powers movie, where I just couldn't get out of the between the walls. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'll make this mech a little smaller. The thing is, like, <laughs> the only thing that would have made this game better, or, like, more bearable, is if there were some kind of ammo drops that can help me get by, but there wasn't. Uh, no, because then that would take away the whole point of choosing the right weapon for the mission. And having enough ammo. I felt like that was necessary for this game. Yeah, but I feel like it could have been like, alright, these enemies don't take while well being shot by bullets as opposed to, like, explosives. And, like, maybe some trial and error in that sense. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a lot of trial and error there. And the fact, the fact that the game makes you worried about losing the battle. Because then, as you said, you lose money. You won't be able to repair your mech anymore. Uh, that, that's essentially it telling you to, you know, that's its version of a game over, essentially. Get good. Uh, yeah, you know, essentially, get good, get more money, so you can power up and get past the level later. Just like And I had, to, I had to do that a couple times at the beginning, I'll be honest. He, I had to restart Armored Core 2, I think, maybe three times before I got a roll going in that game. Yeah, this, this was this very much not, the same. But it's harder. Uh, it's harder because the controls take some getting used to. By That's the way, for sure. uh, Armor Core 2 still didn't figure out the analog stick thing. I meant to amend that before. They still, yeah, they still but, don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, but the PS2 uh, definitely was able to render it better, and the enemies weren't batshit hard. Yeah, it's fine, <laughs> but like that ga- that system came with a DualShock, and they knew the right analog stick was there. And they figured well, out... Software was still very young. At they the time, to, they needed to grow the fuck up. Yeah, they were they were still learning their learning their ways. They they're they're a studio known for making games hard on purpose, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> and it started with Armored Core. Yeah, uh, I did like how the sh- when when you go and shop for your weaponry and whatnot, the buy sell price was the same. So if you buy a weapon for let's say a hundred thousand credits, you can also sell it for a hundred thousand credits. I don't know how so, they're going to stay in business. So there was no depreciation value. I thought that helped. Uh, kind, of, I, I thought that was a big help in in progressing through the game, in getting the better weapons for certain missions. It does help actually, and that yeah. that was a way for me to trial and error with a little less of a penalty. But, yeah, your penalty is death, and then you can't afford the weapons anymore. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. It had some issues. <laughs> I just, I wish it was slightly better. Oh boy. My f- my favorite mission in the game, as you can tell, Kevin, I played the shit out of this game. Yeah, you did. Yeah. My favorite mission in the game was, uh, your, uh, first part of the mission is you're given a, you're given the mission to release kind of this bio-diseased bomb in a facility, right? You nope. place it, release it. And uh, then the facility is all gassed up, right? They're all they're all worried. The very next mission, you're contacted to try then and contain it by the facility. <laughs> because you're essentially nonsense. a mercenary in this game. A mercenary who has enough money for a mech, because reasons. I thought that was so funny. You had one people going, okay, commit mass tear, just to be hired by the by the thing that you just did to contain it now. So as a mercenary, you're just like, yes. <laughs> I did this. More money. 
game's... I, I get... Like, this is one of those things where I'd sit down for, a, like, a, a Saturday where I have nothing to do and just try to beat a mission and then find out the right combination to get through it. Like, I can see it being very addictive, but, like, the way I was playing it, that's a no. Nah, I'll do... Oh, man. No, not... I'm saying on the Vita. Oh, well, yeah, on the Vita. Yeah. yeah, don't play it on the Vita. Unless, yeah. unless you can somehow map the right analog stick to be the aiming reticle. No. At that point. Um, oh. I think you can. I'm pretty you, sure you can. You might be able to, actually, the more I think about it. Maybe I fucked uh, up. So, um, it's a really fun game. It's quite difficult. The learning curve is definitely there. I, I won't deny it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, in my final thoughts of, of Armored Core, that the final mission is absolute bullshit. What's the final mission, since I didn't get that far? Okay, so, uh, imagine every fucking enemy you've ever faced in one one round, okay, okay, coming at you at once, and they deal twice as much damage as before. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's that. Then there's garbage platforming that you have to do through a facility, and if you miss the platform, obviously you're going to have to either, you either die, or you have to do it all over again, and then more enemies will attack you. I assume this is indoors too, right? Uh, yeah, mostly. Of course, it, of course it is. Yep. And then even let's say you even get past that, there's then two forms of the final boss. Okay, because you can't just have one. No. Right. He's already stupid powered and overpowered in his first form, and then it just gets even more ridiculous from there. It's essentially one hit kills. I couldn't find the right mech to battle. At the the final boss at all it was already hard enough just to even get there with even half my health and you have to do all this on a single life bar could you in theory not saying you can just do it but in theory grind enough at earlier levels to get more stuff to beat the boss well so you don't really unlock <coughs> you don't really unlock weapons you, you can see what you're going to get no, yeah, I'm saying, but to get money. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, you can get money, yeah. And I bought... what? Like, I looked this up online, like, what weapons I'm supposed to use and everything. I got those no problem. Still couldn't beat them. Because mm. the, bo- the boss is so overpowered and takes so much health off you immediately. Including all the heavy damage mechs you have to beat before you even get there. And it's all on a single life bar. So you're going to get fucked up. It was absolute trash. And because the, the levels are generally pretty long, that's what also makes it really hard. So you can, uh, like, I remember the first time it took me like an hour just to even get to the boss. Because I was, I was so, I was ducking, diving, and hiding so much, and just trying to pot shot everything. I get to the final boss and he kills me in like one shot. <laughs> so this game's a bunch of disappointment. Fuck you from software. Like, everything up to that point... I only had it. I had a small issue with the indoor maps, but this the final mission is just a big fuck you. You can't beat the game. <laughs> well, I guess so. I'm gonna stay away from Armored Core for now. Uh, well, I, you know, go play play. Uh, you know, two and three. I would say, um, if you're a fan of Armored Core, I absolutely love the game. I've never played the first one before. This was re- really nice to see. Uh, where it came from 
I thought the visuals for 1997 were outstanding, especially in, in terms of uh, your viewing distance. Because usually with these old PlayStation and N64 games and whatnot, and Saturn, things have to like load in the background as you move to it. This right. one didn't have that. Everything yeah. was already visible. It was it was programmable, I guess you can say. It was just... It's just not... I don't know, I didn't have fun. I'm sorry to hear that, Kevin. I know, I'm a depressing soul. Aw. I wonder what Josh would have thought about Armored Core. Show up next time. Yeah, maybe if he was here. <laughs> Damn, shots fired. Alright, so I need to move my notepad to the next three games. Yes, let's move along. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta sync game. to fix. Ex- yeah, Armored Core, I thought it was good. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. I think it's I think it's worth a pickup if you uh, if you're into the series at all. Because let's face it, the uh, the newest one, Armored Core Five, was quite disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it was. I even knew that. Yeah. Luckily, I don't own it anymore. So, Kevin. Hi. Time for f- what is this fourth game you have here? Ah, uh, listen here. It's high noon. You ever had a standoff with you and a man trying to settle your differences in the hot desert heat? (laughs) It's kind of like that, but with fucking robots. It's Death Duel for Genesis. This game is fucking cool. It don't make any sense. I mean, the story is nonsense, blah, 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 in a world where Mexican standoffs are... All right, so you you get a mech, and you (laughs) literally do a Mexican standoff versus another robot. With victory... You get money to buy new parts to upgrade your mech, which then you have another Mexican standoff with a more powerful robot. And the chain just keeps going. There's a theme here of of buying things to upgrade your mech. Uh, But it's literally, uh, it's a 16-bit one-on-one. I I don't want to call it a a one-on-one shooter. Is that a thing? Sure. Yeah, sure. It's all in a first-person view. Yeah, you're facing uh, another robot or monster, and they're kind of hiding behind a wall of some sort and your goal is to shoot the weak points of the monster in a timely fashion um and destroy them and then the faster you do it the more time you get and actually it's another game about ammo management because if you run out of ammo for any of your guns or the gun you need to kill a certain monster you lose and yeah and you're done very much in the same sense as Armored Core. Yeah, I actually had a, a problem with that in this game because I ended up not knowing where to hurt. I think it was like a scorpion uh, thing that I had to kill. And you gotta like, take its tail off, man. Yeah, I was trying to take its tail off, but I couldn't find like the right spot to hit. So I ended up wasting all my missiles, and then I had to keep reloading and like trying to figure out how to kill this thing the right way. It and there's also a, a human lady uh, that uh, shakes her bum at the beginning of fights. Oh, she always has that the extremely corny line before yep. each one. Yup. And they're not fights. They're death duels. They are death duels. <laughs> I can almost hear McCree now. It's high uh, noon. Oh, that was what you were referencing. Mad Dog McCree? <laughs> no, no, no. McCree from uh, Overwatch. Oh. But he, I mean, I guess Mad Dog McCree does say it too. <laughs> it's showdown time. <laughs> yeah, I love. It. I mean, there's the thing is, there's not much to say about this game. Like, what what you're looking at is what you're getting. It's 
It's just a game about doing a Mexican standoff against another robot and trying so to see it, who dies first. It came out in 1992 from Razorsoft, which I've, I'd never heard of, and I couldn't even find much information on them. And I didn't really feel like diving into it, honestly. It sounds familiar, but I can't I can't think of one. No, I don't think they're around anymore. Yeah, they're, they're uh, definitely not. The, it's, it's very much an arcade game port. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it it has like a very the the gameplay is real shallow. I mean, it's fun. It's just you know, <laughs> it's put a quarter so, in and then you're done. Yeah, I did. I I thought it was ridiculous with uh, with the start when you start the game. There's a massive wall of text trying to tell you the story of Death Duel <laughs> that nobody will read. So I, I I read about half of it and I was like, all right, skip it. Um, get into the game and I go. What the hell was with that that elaborate story and intro? Come on, you needed to know about it. <laughs> just for just for one of the uh, the game that has the most shallow gameplay on our list here. Yeah. And even when you die, it has a wall of text having this like epic death screen. You have failed in your mission, and every like the evil enemy will now take over the universe and use your corpse as like a stepping stone to the future. It, it was just it was out of control. <laughs> I remember when old games tried to make them seem real, real deep, like deeper than they were for no reason. Yeah, that was this uh, game. It had a it had a targeting reticle on the screen. Yep. Instead of like seeing the gun or anything, you just point the reticle at where you're shooting, and with the moving enemy, you kind of had to, you know, anticipate where they're gonna where where they're gonna move to if uh, you want to shoot off their arms and legs, which you actually get more points. Yeah, you have to incapacitate them before they move. Yeah, because some, some you're not mechs actually fighting fall. mechs; you're fighting monsters. They they kind of look like mechs. I mean, like, you're right. They're more or less monsters, and you can take off body parts for extra points. You are piloting a mech because you have, you know, the the basic slew of weapons. You know, you have your grenade launcher, your rocket launcher, your missile launcher, and then your regular machine gatling gun thing going on. So that's nothing new uh, from what we've talked about earlier. Yeah, there's um, a... I mean, they, you know what? They kind of are creative with, like, mech weapons. I mean, there's only so many you can do, I guess. But it's only just like gun, laser, missile. <laughs> gun, laser, missile. Yeah. It's yeah, it was true. pretty standard. This game didn't do anything too different. Um, I didn't hate the game. No, but it's uh, fun for like the $3 you can find it for. Yeah, it's very cheap. Uh, it was hard to find really any information on the game. Um, you do have to... Uh, so you earn money by winning these death duels, and that's how you repair and get better weapons. So again, very much in the same realm as as Armored Core. Uh, the music was very, very early to late '80s, kind of the 16-bit rock theme going on. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's like the stereotypical Sega Genesis like twangy guitar, <laughs> right? But I love it. It like it embodies everything I love about the Genesis in this game. It's just like ridiculous concept of like over the top like robots with that twangy guitar. I was like, this this like I know Sonic's the Genesis game, but like this like embodies everything it was trying to like be edgy and two D about to me. Its name is Death Duel. 
it the game has some charm i won't deny it but it's it's very shallow it gets quickly repetitive uh i didn't i felt like it didn't have really any replay replay value outside of my little time i played with it because i just i never got really into it death duel yeah that's nice (laughs) all right whatever (laughs) fuck you too uh we didn't like armored core you crazy man (laughs) you didn't like death duel i didn't say i hated it it's called death duel I know what it's called. I played it. Uh, that was like that was. I'm not gonna lie. Like seeing it on the shelf at a, at a game store was the only reason I bought it. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that looks interesting." Yeah, it it's funny. about as shallow as its title. <laughs> I mean, I did a related note. I bought a game for PlayStation One. It was called like Space Hulk, like Vengeance of the Blood Angels, and I was like, "That is fucking metal." I don't even care what this game is. <laughs> so. As you can see how I pick my games. Yeah. So overall, Death Duel's right. okay? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'd pay $3 for it at least. Not offensive. Yeah. So what are we so moving on So that's it for here? your games. Now we're into my my two picks. Is this... And uh, I did not pick a Sega or... I did not pick a Sega game. Yeah, JD's feeling sick. You two picked a Sega game. Yeah, you're feeling sick. We get it. So, my first pick was Cybernator on the Super Nintendo, and it came out in 1993, developed by Konami. So, it's a Konami game. Hey! Which, which is funny, because this reminds me a whole lot of Metal Warriors. Okay. It, that's Konami too, isn't it? I believe so. So, are these games related at all, or no? I don't believe so. That's a weird coincidence, then. Yeah. They probably just ran out of ideas. Uh, more mechs. More mechs. More yeah. guns. More Japan. More Godzilla. Uh, so this game reminded me of Metal Slug quite a bit, just in the sense of its gameplay and its uh, use of the environment and running about. It, it, you know, it's not as pretty or has the same humor. Just, just saying it reminds me of it. Right. Uh, it's a 2D scrolling action game with an incredibly fun, destructible environment. And that's kind of where that Metal Slug feeling comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the controls were very solid. Uh, you aim with the D-pad uh, as you move, but I never felt like that hindered me from aiming diagonally because there's also the other option where I uh, use the L button to lock it. So you can lock where you're shooting diagonally. And that helps. And then the R button puts up a nice little, nice little shield where you can go dink, get the, get the get the little bullets away from you. <laughs> I I really wish the sound effect of this game was dink. It would have been cool. Dink, you just dink. hear that. You just hear this metal tink sound. <laughs> yeah, this game is cool. I uh... um I did find the jumping and the platforming in the game very hit and miss. Uh, the land where you'd land and its detection was quite bad at times yes and i think it had to do with a giant sprite and then like not knowing really how to make it work in the environment though yeah i mean it 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 has very good art in the game it's very reminiscent of that early 90s anime style all the uh when you do see characters they all got the pointed noses um so that's you know we're getting more into this uh japanese company mech anime combination there's a theme there's a theme there. Uh, I thought the mech was way too slow for the game. Really? Yeah. When I play a 2D side-scrolling action game, I want to be fast. Even if I'm in a mech. Uh, I've played Metal Storm. That's fast. 
Why couldn't this be fast? It's just... I don't know. This was... Metal Storm was also, like, it, the whole mechanic of it was about the gravity flipping and, like, reacting quickly to what side of the screen you had to be on. But this is more of, like, a straight platformer, to be fair. Uh, yeah. I, I thought the uh, the robot design itself was kind of shallow. Yeah, it's not the most, like... I knew where I was saying, like, you over-designed the mech before, but... Uh, this one was kind of plain-looking. And know what I didn't? Yeah. I really hated. I hated the the very intrusive dialogue mid mission. <laughs> yeah, the, the the anime characters come on. Hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need Navi in my games for another like six years. <laughs> it was it was kind of like abrupt because everything would freeze, and it's just like search the understructure for a way inside Ark Nova. Like I didn't need that. Like. If it just, like, flashed on the bottom of the screen and I could ignore it, that'd been fine. But, yeah, it was kind of... I feel you yeah, on that It kind of broke it kinda, the It kind of ruined the flow of the levels. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it didn't kill the game for me. It was still pretty good. Uh, it was it was okay. Uh, I do wish there was a little bit more variety in the weaponry. I mean, it, it was very much the same as Death Duel. Gun, yeah. missile, laser. Gun, missile, laser. Uh, but at least the laser was fucking sweet. <laughs> I don't think it was pretty metal, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, so, overall now, good game? my main gripe with the game was definitely how the levels were laid out, and then the enemy layouts. So what I mean by this is, you could be going, you could be going on on any level at any time, you play through about the first half of it, and you're like, hey, pretty cool, I'm having a good time. Okay, platforming kind of sucks from time to time, it's not a killer, there's not like, freaking pits that kill you immediately everywhere uh the enemies weren't overpowered and then all of a sudden you'd always hit this wall where there's something there that's going to kill you in one shot always it was so inevitable there the the difficulty spike at these points were so high the game difficulty just got almost unplayable at times there's, uh, I'll give you an example. There's one level where you're, where you're cruising through space and you have to avoid asteroids while avoiding fire. So you have to fire at the enemies and avoid these asteroids coming at you. And what will happen is the asteroids won't kill you, but it's a moving screen. So you'll hit the back of an asteroid just trying to dodge everything and then it'll smash you into the screen and kill you in one hit. That's an example of, of these levels being cheap all of a sudden. I did not like that. That it was it was basically a game killer for me. See, I didn't I didn't make it too far past those stages. So I kind of wonder if they repeat that over and over cuz they do. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I, I I looked up videos online and yeah. some of these some of these people playing the game just you you just hear them getting so pissed. You're like, "Oh wow, they're having fun." And then out of nowhere, it's just, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> I go, that's what I was going through. <laughs> yes. Every time. The asteroid level was, like, the first sign of trouble to come, for sure. <laughs> and that's why I use that as an example, to not really ruin the rest of the game. It's a lot but of, um... It's not like you'll even get that far, because you'll run out of lives. <laughs> yeah, well, save states. I'm a cheater. Uh, it's just, like, I know, we, and we had this problem a couple times, I know they're trying to make games about being a mech, but... For video game reasons, I wish they would not treat me like a mech. Like, boxy and clunky and slow, like... Well, that's the thing. They purposely made this mech clunky and slow 
when the level designs were made for you to be fast. Like, if I moved more like Samus, that would have been better, I think. Like, there is such a thing as memorizing a level, but if you can't move there, I was like, okay, here comes the asteroid, it's coming from the top middle. Yeah. Here it comes, here it comes, I can't move out of the way. <laughs> it's just, just the whole the whole game was things like that. Yeah. I'd have so much fun for like a first half of a level and then just get super irritated because it just felt cheap. Um quite quite disappointing. It, it, that's the thing this game had such good high promise too. Yeah. Like, it was going so well for a while and then like it kind of grades on you and you're like, "Ah, there's a couple things wrong with this." I mean, it's regarded as one of the better mech games out there, and I don't see it. Mm. I see its potential of what it had. They probably played the first ten minutes and were like, "Yeah, this game's good," you know? No, I, I, I can't, I can't get behind it. Yeah. I did not. Cybernator was a frustrating mess. I, I would give it more time. That's all. I'll try. Well, to anyways. Play. Yeah, what it's a, kind of a $30 game these days just because it's on the Super Nintendo. So, Is there a Genesis version? Uh, I don't believe so. Fuck. Well, well. Yep. And so, now, this one you're going to have to guide me through because I couldn't find it in English anywhere. Ah, so we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so, the last game we're going to cover is something I've wanted to dive into for years. Because it is called Front Mission. The very first one. And this game had this game is a pretty famous series in Japan. And we didn't get... The West didn't get a uh, port or translation until... Uh, English translation for this first game. Uh, until 2007 on the Nintendo DS. I think that was Front Mission Evolved? Uh, no. No, Evolved so is the console thi- ones. You're thinking... What you're thinking of, it did have another port later to the PlayStation. Didn't come out in America. That was in 2003. Oh. And that was like Front Mission Identity or something. Uh, I don't have I don't have what it was called written down. That's right. Uh, but it came out in the Super Nintendo in 1995 in Japan only. Later to be released in English many years later. 12. <laughs> we didn't. The West didn't get its first Front Mission game until Front Mission 3 on the PlayStation. Front Mission 4 on the PS2, uh, and it goes on from there. What it is, is it's a turn-based strategy game featuring around mechs. So think Armored Core, but now it's a turn-based strategy game, much in the sense of, say, Fire Emblem, or even XCOM. You could even go that far. Which is why I wish I could was able to read it, because I really wanted to play that. Yeah, I tried. I tried to to emulate the Super Nintendo version, and it just got a little bit. It got a little bit too difficult because of the translations that I was being forced to do. Mm. Uh, but I was able to get my hands on the DS version, and holy crap! So Square the D- Enix knocked it out of the park with the so, DS port. So the DS one and the Super Nintendo are the same. Uh, yeah, they're 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 the same gameplay. It's upresed, you know, much like uh, what happened with the Dragon Quest games when they reported the DS later. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much in that same realm. The the core gameplay is still there. They just kind of upresed and and did a little kooky, k- couple more things to it. Yeah, a um, couple kooky things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these aren't called armored cores in this game. They are called vanzas. 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 
W A Z E R S. Oh, please stop. <laughs> yeah, it's got a very heavy uh, German theme to the game, and that, that just made me fall in love with it even more. Of course, anything you know, anything whole, German is you're like yeah. I need my that. whole history in Germany and school and the language and work. <laughs> Everything about you is pretty much German life. Oh man, uh, I did I did feel the story mode in this was kind of lackluster. You know, it was kind of, it was their first try at it. Uh, it was it wasn't anything special. Um, pretty text heavy. Compared to the uh, compared to three and four, I found like even more so because at least in four there was voices, uh, much more dialogue, but voices I didn't have to read the whole time. Three had less text but a more richer story. That being said, the uh, the weaponry, uh, the uh, the the cover system is all there. It's everything you would want in a turn-based strategy game. Uh, there's lots of numbers in the boxes. That's the other thing about this first front mission is you have a box and there's just a ton of data you have to go over. Well, that kind of so, hits like a nice like thing in your mind. It's like watching numbers go up and down like where they need to go. That's kind of why I like yeah. turn-based strategy games. I'm like, ooh, numbers are going the way I need them to. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's, it's very much the same in this game. It does it so well. Uh, but you really have to be into that numbers thing for this game in particular because there's just not a lot of information on the screen except these numbers. So it's very minimalistic in that sense, and over and it could be overbearing. Uh, so you have your cover, your percentage of attack, your success. Your uh, they even have like not su- not successful. Um, the uh, the animations were really nice when you go through the battles of firing. Uh, it's almost like watching real life Risk. You know, if if the board game was a uh, was turned into a video game in that sense, where you oh, see oh they've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they've done it. So I'm I'm getting people to like picture in their head. Uh, of you have one robot. It, it cuts to a robot firing the missile to another robot. You know, good. this game's just real good. It was really good. It uh, looks as, cool. As shallow as the story was, I still had so much fun with it. Yeah, but I'm not looking for this to be like story of the year. You know. No, I mean, you. we play games to be entertained, and I was definitely entertained. I'll take it. I want more front mission around, but they don't really make... It was awesome. It was evolved as the last one, though, right? <sighs> Alright, to the internet. Front mission. I thought tip, you tip, did tip, the, tip, your tip, research. Tip, tip. Oh, I didn't do the last one. Oh. Come on. You gotta chill. You gotta, you gotta bear with me here. This seems All like right. a new problem, not a new problem. Uh, in 2010 was the last one called Front Mission Involved. Aha. Yeah. I might get a PS3 copy of this just to play it and mess around with it. I don't know. The, la- the last one I truly dived into, dove into, was uh, Front Mission 4. And that was... PS2. PS2. Well, American PS2? Yeah, it's oh. on. Front Mission 4 is on the PS2. Oh, okay. So I can play some more in English then. Without any and Front Mission Three is on the PlayStation Store, it is, which is um, I, which is a better game. All right, I'm gonna take your advice for it. I'm gonna see what I can get. So this, we got one, three, four, and then evolved. Yeah. So fun, fun fact about what why they call them uh, Vonzers. You ready for this? They they call what you cut out. 
why they call the mechs Vonzas. Vonzas? It's fancy. Uh, well, okay, so, oh. as you can imagine, the Zer comes from Panzer. Mm-hmm. So, tank, right? Right. And then the Von means to wander, to walk. So oh. it's a walking tank. Get Walk. it? Yeah. Ah. Okay, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. So you got to break down the German word that they kind of played on there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I absolutely really liked Front Mission. It was a pleasant surprise. I was a little worried that it was going to be way too primitive and the game hadn't really come into its own yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are cutscene events in the game, which was cool but i thought it was a little overused because again that story was kind of too shallow for me it's It's true i mean you're right it's just like this is one of those games where like it could have had a really good story but they decided to go with like the i don't want to describe it like the over the top like just worry about the action in the game they're like somebody write a story for this yeah anybody and then the guy got too creative they're like yeah sure whatever and then I feel like he's underappreciated for the story he wrote. <laughs> well, what I really what what really uh, put this game together was the high amount of customization for the Vonzers. So much like an Armored Core, a lot of customization. Uh, in in this one, you 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 can change out just crazy amount of parts to it. You can change out the AI computer system to increase your uh, hit percentage or defense percentage. Uh, there's auxiliary. Uh, uh, like jetpacks, so they can go across the map uh, faster or higher or certain areas. Mm-hmm. And, and and there was a, a, a wide slew of weapons. It wasn't just the uh, rocket missile laser gun. <laughs> they had them, but they they put they put some twist on them, such as uh, you can you can put them into the arm of a mech. You can uh, put it on its shoulder. Uh, it, it was. You could put it. You could put missiles in the legs, so Which is that the will affect that will affect the percentages of of your hit and whatnot. Uh, you have melee weapons, which was really cool. So you can give them like swords and shit. <laughs> I do like the fact that or just mech... big hammers. <laughs> I like the I like mechs with like melee weapons more than guns. Yeah, and when and, and they they kind of give each mech a you know, a simplistic gun, but there's different ranges to them. So your, uh, your machine gun and shotgun are more of the, uh, the short range or the shorter range. Obviously your melee is going to be like right next to the guy. Uh, and then you have your long range, which is like a bazooka and kind of a, uh, a sniper gun. So it really, uh, you know, Set, set kind of a precedent, because back in 1995, we didn't really see a lot of this customization and uh, and design quite yet. It was it was much like what we saw in Cybernator and Death Duel, was missile, gun, laser. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the turn-based... I love turn-based strategy games. I'm terrible at them. But I kind of feel like, like this really works for, like, mechs. And, I don't know, something about mechs in this kind of gameplay. Like, I wish we got more for our mission than what we got, because I think, I don't think we're going to see anything after Evolved. Well, it wasn't until, uh, the mid-90s when anime became big in the West, and that's when it was decided to finally, you know, bring a front mission game over. 
Yeah. Well, you don't. Do you think we're ever going to see another front mission, though? Uh, I think. Uh, I think it's kind of run its time, run its course. Unfortunately. At least the Super Famicom ones are kind of cheap because there's a lot of text. So if you have some way to translate them, we should play them. Uh, there have been fan translations of the game that you oh, can play online through like ROMs and whatnot. There's many. If you got a Retron 5, you could patch it. Uh, sure. You could. Yeah. The fan translations are out there, but I, you know, I got the DS one and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> get all More reasons why to get, more reasons to bust out my DS, pretty much. It's not a bad thing. I want yeah. to get deeper into this, but like, like you said, the translation I got was kind of me. So maybe I'll get a better translation. I can actually get further. Yeah, if you can, if you can find, uh, I was able to find it for twenty dollars Canadian. That's and not terrible. So that's like fifteen American. Fifteen. Uh, it generally, uh, it it generally goes for about thirty dollars tops. I can live with that. Yeah, it, well, the game's long, and it's it's. I I feel like thirty dollars is well worth it. I'm into it. It's just why is, why it's gotta be so Japan. I just need a better... So, I, what up? So what do you say we uh, we wrap this up here? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. Yeah, so running thing. down the games, uh, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to run them down. I'm going to run uh, up from earliest release to latest release. All right. So the games we covered were Death Duel on the Sega Genesis. Metal. Cybernator also on the metal. Super Nintendo. Front Mission on the PlayStation. Uh, Future Cop LAPD, also on the PlayStation. Armored Core on the PlayStation. Wait, did I say Front Mission PlayStation? Yeah, you did. I was going to correct you. But oh, I'm again. sorry. Super Nintendo. My bad. Uh, Famicom. Super Famicom, to be specific. <laughs> uh, Armored Core on the PlayStation was where I was at. And then Tech Romancer on the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. Which one was your favorite and least favorite, Kevin? Uh, least favorite, Armored Core. But most favorite, I want to say, I want to vote the Dreamcast one, but I don't at the same time. Just because I don't have the ability to connect with it more. I'm probably going to go with, ah, screw it, go with, I'm going with Tech, tech Romancer. All right, cool. <laughs> I, I just I don't have my own Dreamcast to play more of it, so like I want to like be biased, but I I literally can't. Ah, uh, yeah. I have well, to fair. borrow Dreamcast. I'm poor. Uh, well, I mean, see what happens. <laughs> one day maybe you'll find maybe you'll find maybe you'll find one one day, and you'll be able to get a cheap Tech Romancer copy. <laughs> Someone donate me a Dreamcast <laughs> with Tech Romancer. I mean, yeah, if you want to donate me that too, that'd be cool. Uh, Patreon slash console death. <laughs> oh, God, go fund me. <laughs> <laughs> so, my least favorite was Cybernator on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, you didn't like that that much? Uh, I liked its potential. I liked uh, the controls. I liked what it did, but it was... It was unplayable, honestly. Was it just it like a It was unplayably frustrating. Very disappointing. Yeah, I the can, game's difficulty spike is is cheap. I did not. 
did not want it. And I did not want to play it anymore. I, I was getting hosed too much. <laughs> I was getting hosed. Is that a Canadian um, joke? Because hosed. I thought I, I thought I was gonna go before, before I got to that game. I thought Death Duel was easily gonna be my least favorite because I didn't. I didn't truly hate any game on this list until I played Cybernator. Death Duel was cool. Yeah, it was better than Cybernator because you could actually play it and get to more levels or it, slash Death Duels. It just <laughs> takes some strategy to. So what's it called? To know what mis- what thing you need to kill the certain person. Yeah. So my favorite game is a toss-up between Front Mission and Armored Core, and I I'm gonna have to go with Front Mission. I was gonna go with Armored Core until the final boss fight. <laughs> oh. If I can't beat the game. <laughs> no, I get it. It's just like it's so close to being. It's just so close to being not good. Uh, I will say it was lucky I played Future Cop LAPD first, because then that w- might have been the worst game. Yeah, that that was just... Hmm, it wasn't great, but it was okay. Oh, yeah, I, pl- I played no, more the no, of it. The no checkpoint thing kind of killed a lot of it for me. If only it had a little more, like, leniency. Yeah. But that was like the transition time, when like you were getting out of games had to be like stupid hard. Uh, 1998, not really. That had already passed, I feel. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, so I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm copping out and going with a game I picked with Front Mission. Uh, Armored Core would have been the top game if I could have beaten it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Word. So, Kevin, you have the next pick. Good, next I've, been, pick. I've been sitting on this theme for a long time. And I know you're gonna probably hate me. Okay. Ready? Brace yourself. Okay. I'm ready to write sure, it down. I want to make sure my mic is in a good spot for it. Ready? Okay. Okay. Arcadey sports games. Arcadey sports games. Uh, for I mean, I'll give you my two games right away because I have examples. So they're like okay. sports games that are like they're not just Madden. They're not just baseball. Things that are like over the top, like MLB Slugfest on PS3 or Blitz. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, unconven- so unconventional sports no, no, games. No, 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 no. Because that would be things like speedball, like sports that don't exist. I want real sports, but I want like crazy, ver- like NFL Street or Mario Hoops. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, don't like, tell me your two games. Don't tell me your two games. Uh, we got to keep people in suspense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, ar- so, I, so I arcade them, sports games. Yeah, I want them to be real sports. Like, I don't want you to make up. Like, I don't want you to play Harry Potter Quidditch. You don't want to play Harry Potter Quidditch, right? <laughs> arcade sports. Okay. Like, yeah, you're gonna like the ones I pick. Well, with you know, with the hockey season about to start here in the next couple weeks, and basketball starting up, and. The MLS playoffs happening, MLB playoffs happening. I mean, come on. Yeah, why not? You know, like things like, uh, well, like Mutant League hockey's a thing. It is, yeah. yeah so perfect. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, let's get some sports ball. I'm, I'm I want to do that. I want to do this. Uh, and because you can play sports games really fast, we might actually make a two week deadline for once. Go leaks. Go local sports team or college. Go Leafs. Go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That is that's my theme. I've been sitting on that for a while. I'm ready. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's 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 very simple. Uh, it'll be fun. Word. I love my sport ball. <laughs> Word. Yeah, I hope TFC clinches the freaking shield already. They need to win a game. On they've lost two in a row. So 
<laughs> sports. Sports. So All that's right. something to look forward to. Excited. Good and, job, Kevin. All right. Just yeah. uh yeah. Send me the send me your two games once we're done here. <laughs> yes, sir. Alrighty. Well this has been uh the Red Leaf Retrocast episode eleven, the Mecha Games, where we talked about the Tokyo Game Show and Nintendo Direct from the month of September twenty seventeen. I like You it. can find us on the Twitter. At BowlingJD, at ConsoleKev, at PowerCord Gaming, if Josh was here and we cared. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, stab. <laughs> you can find, you can find the podcast at a slew of places, iTunes, Red Leaf Retrocast, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and more. The you can YouTube also find it news. on the YouTube channel, at Moosenspiel and Vidme Moosenspiel. You should go check out ConsoleKev's YouTube and Vidme channel as well. He's been playing Killzone lately. I love that game. <laughs> it's good. Super fun. It's Obviously, good. this podcast is helped uh, helped and brought to us by David's Tea. Is there a certain flavor of that you want to push, by the way? Because you keep... Uh, I would away. be pushing the Golden Monkey more, but they don't sell it anymore. Well, that is disappointing. I know, right? Yeah. I absolutely love the Golden Monkey. It's a black tea. I'm... 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 Uh, Right now, actually, right now they got their chai tea going on, and uh, they got a bunch of different flavors uh, with Halloween coming up. So they got like uh, pumpkin chai, for example, and a whole bunch of other things. So go check that out. Word. Yeah. Uh, is there any game you'd like to hear some music to go out to, Kevin? Uh, you know that what? We covered, we... of course. Tell you what, <laughs> I'm in the mood for Skyrim music since we talked about Skyrim on the Switch. I want that main theme. How about a game we covered on the podcast, you fool? No. Uh, let's see. I guess Throne Front Mission. I like the Front Mission music. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, and here's some Front Mission to end it. Goodbye, everybody.